previously on AFTN. Juarez and Mudge, if one of them had hit, this is a playoff team. Well, Juarez did hit. <laughs> it was a referee. I mean, <laughs> I think you got the clip for next week's show yeah. right there. <laughs> Guten Tag, everybody. <laughs> Wie geht es dir? Are we going to have another German-themed show? Ausgezeichnet. Jetzt geht's los. Ah. That, that was the Vandals there with So Long, Farewell, Auf Wiedersehen, Goodbye from their Hitler Bad, Vandals Good album. You are listening to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM, broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of Beautiful, British Columbia. And if you're listening to this show on the podcast, this is episode 306. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. And I'm Zachary Adam Eisenheimer. We started a little bit late because it is wet out there. Yeah. (laughs) I thought about bringing the boat out. I think we could all do with a boat to get home. I'm not sure. I'm concerned about going home. Surface water getting here was absolutely horrendous in Vancouver. I know you guys had to come in from Langley and Surrey. No, no. The highways were fine. There were patches that were really, like, like, flooded. But once we got into Vancouver, uh, like, me and my Zach come down to 49th. And yep. it was like the from sidewalk to yeah. sidewalk, the whole road was flooded. I, I was actually because there was nothing coming at me. I was driving in the middle of the road to get <laughs> through the least amount yeah, of water. Yeah, because it, it just springs up and you don't even see it because it's yeah. so dark. But we've all made it here. Whether we'll make it home, who knows? This could be our last show. That'd be sad. But somebody will carry on. Yeah, job easy. <laughs> we are sodden. We're soggy, and there was a lot of sodden, soggy eyes at BC Place this afternoon. As we bid a fond farewell to a Whitecaps legend, Alfonso Davies. Is it too soon to call him a Whitecaps legend? He was only here for three years. Uh, I don't think legend is the right term. His transfer fee was legendary. Nah, that may be fair. I, he was he was a like phenomenal player who did some phenomenal things. I think one of the things that we didn't, he didn't get to do enough here in his time here was was win some trophies or play, or well, in his first couple of seasons. Well, yeah, well, we'll come to that later. Yeah. But no, I mean he, I mean he, uh, he's a, he's a phenomenal footballer with 
immense potential who yes. is going to a place where he'll he should have the chance to continue to develop and grow as a player. He's in a better place now. <laughs> it, did, it did kind of feel like we were saying goodbye to him at a funeral with all the, the build-up to this this week. Yeah. But we, we'll cover Fonzie in part three. I got a chance to sit down for a, a chat with him this week just to go over his Whitecaps career. So we'll, we'll, we'll do all that. But it was an emotional day. But it was also a day of frustration because we finished it Two points out of the playoff places, one win away from being in the postseason. That's something else that we're, we're going to cover in the next couple of parts. But we're not going to delve too much into the game today because, I mean, did anyone really care about the game? I don't think Portland did. Uh, They'd, yeah, they clearly didn't. They sent up a, was essentially a beast They let Lucas Milano play. Yeah, yeah. It, was a, it was a crappy squad, a crappy performance. Of course, they still scored. Now, that's a, fi- that's that a fi- was a- FIFA 14 legend, Lucas Milano. You yes, should, you should right. reiterate that. Yes, yeah, Steve, the clean sheet was there. I, I was I there. Even, I, it's still there. <laughs> 90th <laughs> minute, so it still counts, yeah. yeah. I, I, I was even the, thinking about it. I was just like... Panda approved. Oh, no, I was just like, I was like, as the game was going on, I was like... This is a this could be a like a legit clean sheet like a yeah. ultra clean ultra, sheet. Ultra, that's that's but, the term yeah. ultra clean sheet. So I but I was but this time unlike a few games ago I didn't turn to my buddies and say hey I think we're gonna get a clean sheet. As I pointed out <laughs> earlier in the season, my incontinent grandmother has kept more clean sheets than the White Caps, and she's been dead since 1996. Oh, it was heartbreaking. I talked to Regan after the game. And he was. Yeah, he's just like oh, he's like no one else really. He's like no one else cared, but no one else was as gutted as I was on the bench. I think Stefan might have been. Yes, on the bench, <laughs> on the bench. Yeah, if anyone was looking at Steph's stats, it's like oh my, he can't. This guy can't keep a clean sheet. Yeah, but we we finished the season with a win. Of course, that doesn't mean anything in the the grand scheme of things, but it felt like a perfect send off. I wanted Fonzie to get a goal. I thought if the Caps got a penalty today, Kai would. Ceremonially pass the ball to Fonzie to to get oh, the penalty. 100%. You wouldn't yeah. let him take the penalty yeah. if it wasn't that. But situation. we didn't need that. No. He got two goals in the first half. I, after he got the two goals, I wanted him to get a hat trick. And I've got to say, as happy as it is for him to, to get the two goals and the send off, I left disappointed that he didn't get a hat trick. And yeah. I asked him about it afterwards, and he said that was a goal he'd set himself this year was to get a hat trick. <laughs> And boy, did he go out of his way to try and get it in the second half. Yes. And and, 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 and I think his best chance was in the 67th minute. Uh, when he, oh, yeah. yeah, when the Kamara sent that ball into the ball. And he, he would have finished it, but Antonella uh, went forward and, and definitely blocked it out. Yeah. And he kind of bumbled, bumbled over him. Yeah. Bundled the over the him. thing is, just, just, so you, just to help people get ready for his new adventure, if he had scored in the second half a third goal, in Germany, that's not a true hat trick. In Germany, a true hat trick is all goals in one half with no other goals in between. Oh yeah. no! Well, we uh, in North America, that's called a natural hat trick. Okay, so a hat trick is still three goals any time in the game. I think we can all agree though that the Germans are quite weird. Yeah, they are. Yeah, <laughs> lederhosen, leather pants. They're great. I I want to see Fonzie's Halloween costume. I was going to ask him this because we had a bit of a light hearted. Post game press, I was going to say, "What's your plans for Halloween? Are you going to wear lederhosen?" But if we get to speak to him at the the end of season availability, I'll ask him that then. But I actually wanted him to get four goals because he celebrated the first two in different in corner, corners. Yeah, it would just tweet, have been yeah. so fantastic if the whole stadium got a goal celebration in the corner from Fonzie. But what did you think of his two goals? For me, the first one. 
just shows you what he's capable of. Picking the ball up, running at defenders, sweet finish. And the second one just showed his, his quick reaction. No, I, 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 I know I know people are going to say, oh, Portland gifted that goal to him. Which one? The, the second one. one. Yeah. But if you look at it again, you see his like quick reaction and just like being able to cover that ground. I know it was only five yards, but... It was a split second, oh, and he was the right there on the instinct. ball, and he was able to finish too on that within within a split it, second. It, it's hard not to feel that there's on goal one a little bit of MLS goalkeeping, and on goal two a little bit of MLS defending. However, if you can put that to aside, his run on the first goal and even just his finish was remind me. I know it was further out, but it remind me of his goal against one of the goals against Minnesota. Yeah, um, and but uh, this was actually he picked this up before the midline. Yes. Yeah. But just how he, he kind of cut into the middle and then shot. And, and, to that and side, that's to the, hit the right side of the And net. really, more importantly, really protected the ball from the defenders. He yeah. kept it away, but kept it close to him, but not like he was able to keep moving at that speed, too. That goal, that goal and the one against Minnesota, those are the kind of goals I, I can literally envision him scoring at the Allianz Arena in the Bundesliga. Might be tough from the left back position. True. But we'll, we'll see um, how that. But then his other goal again, just like far superior anticipation. Yeah. And uh, and then just a good finish, like and it, it was just superb. Yeah. Now they took him off, obviously, in the 86th minute to get the standing ovation from the crowd. You see that in a lot of games when it's a special occasion. Was that right? Should they have kept him on to try and get that hat trick, or it was a, it was a nice kind of passing off the baton moment to Simon Coline. Not that we'll talk about Simon Coline as well, and we don't want to put too much pressure on him. But Fonzi himself said. He came on for his debut to Nicholas Mosquita, and then he's come off, and Simon Coline's come on. It was a nice touch, but I would still have liked him to stay on to get the hat trick. But I'm, I'm just a, no. I a think grumpy. you gotta. You think you gotta take him off. The one thing that the a couple, that someone said to me in the stadium was, "That's does that, is that like not too much pressure to put on Simon Colin? Maybe a tad. Like he you lived know? up to it. Though. Yeah. Well, no. well, yeah, I mean, those four minutes, I think, that I, was an electric I think, four minutes. I think if he had scored, that would have been even like more difficult no, for him I to th- live up I th- to that. I thought the run was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, going to point The run was great. Yeah, it was great. Oh, no, I didn't hear your full point. If he had finished that one that he lobbed yeah. the keeper, yeah. Everybody would expect so much from him the next year. would be unbearable. Next year would be. And whether he's as mentally strong as Fonzie, because, I mean, we'll talk about Fonzie's mental character when we do that in part three, but I've got to make a comment, though. When he was getting subbed off, Blanco, Antonella. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, they were like at the ref, like, come on, come on, look how long he's taken. I don't know if they were even wanting a second booking for him or something. And Uncle, said Uncle just like shrugged and it's like, yeah, he kind of just pointed, it's like, yeah, it's Fonzie, he's like leaving. <laughs> what, what are you expecting me to do here? I've already been booed relentlessly for booking him. No, but the thing is, is I don't understand that you. The time will be added on. Exactly. He can add every second of that. And it's not as if Portland had showed much urgency up to that point yeah. anyway. And that's the thing. We talked about it during the game. Their bench was just livid constantly. Oh, they were so animated and in the, the and, second half. And for especially for a team that didn't care about the result where they started, like the, basically the back Well, no, no, okay. You can't say they didn't care about the result because I talked to some of their people when they were coming into the stadium. How dare you? You can't say they didn't, didn't care about the result. I think they did care about the result. But they had to have in mind, we are playing on Wednesday or possibly yes. Thursday. So that's you have to balance that out. Now I don't think there I don't think away to Dallas is probably their, <laughs> their balance was like this. <laughs> well, I don't think it was their their probably first their choice. Chosen, yeah, path. But um well, yeah. Yeah. Well, well, well they also well, I think they also didn't see themselves losing, losing to Vancouver. No. 
I didn't. Or, or losing to Fonzie. <laughs> yes, that's basically what happened. It, it's like if we had had Kikuta for that playoff game. Yeah. That's what would have happened. Okay, just don't bring up the Queen again. Okay. I was going to in a later part. Anyway. It was you a good, say QB key, okay? It was a good overall team performance, I thought. You can't really knock any of them. Reina, though, initially, I thought, he didn't seem totally switched on. He seemed a little bit zoned well, that, out. That miss in the first half. Yeah. Was not good. And, and then and he, and he, had he, a, he was close on the second, yeah. too. Yeah, the, he yeah. got better as the game went on, but I was a little bit surprised about that. And he was playing out wide. Yeah, which might yeah. have thrown him off I, a little bit. Yeah. When I saw that, I was a little bit worried, because I, I talked to... I talked to Regan Hall actually before the game as well, and I just didn't ask about the lineup, but I just said the shape. Like, are you, is this going to be a four-one-four-one again? And he's like, "Yeah, yeah." We're going to. I shape, agree with you. Shape. Breck Shea should have started. Today. No, no, no. That's no. fair. Fair, about don't fair, put, fair no, point by Zach. Don't yes. put those words in my mouth, Steve. <laughs> um, but no, I was a little honestly. I was a little bit anxious that Alvis Powell was going to have a field day with him, mm. um, but he didn't. No. Craig Dalrymple finishes five games as interim coach with seven points. In those five games, we saw players dropped to Shera. He's clearly dead to Dalrymple now. He's like, wasn't even in the 18 today. I don't even know if Dalrymple probably had much of a choice in that. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, I've yeah. read some things that I don't know the sources for that were kind of awkward mm. about that. We saw other players given a chance, a little bit more than they had, like Jordan Much got extra minutes, Felipe got some playing time. We saw Simon Coline today. Dalrymple's talked a lot about giving... The players' decisions and them making decisions, and just about he, he made an interesting comment that one of the things he learned from these five games is it's not just young players that need coaching; it's like the older ones and the veteran guys as well. And they want it too. Yeah, and they want it. So, was that possibly indicating that Robo just maybe left some of the senior guys to their own devices and? Things didn't go well in that regard, or maybe he trusted the senior team a little bit too much, or the senior mm. players. Uh, that's, I mean, obviously, oh, he can read a lot into a yeah. lot of things. I mean, there's a couple of things. One is over the years, having yeah talked to Robbo and and the guys, I don't think that I don't think that that's fair in terms of him leaving the older guys to their own devices. The other thing is, this is do uh, you talk about things in a game like score effect? So these five games are very specific five games, right? So it's Yes, a, where they had to win. Yeah. And, and and they were not in a they were not in a great position, right? Well, like, the two games they lost was well, the first game was when Dalrymple had to take over on a quick week. Yeah. And the it, other yeah, one was any time with and the other one was the depleted roster. Yes. So we had like half the starters missing. Uh, one thing I want to bring up. Now, he said that now the point when he said uh, like people asked him what was surprised you or whatever uh, during that time. That was the question, I think, when he said that even senior players want to be coached. Yeah. It could be that he himself was surprised because maybe he didn't expect that he needed to coach the senior teams and he was going to be pl- dealing more with the younger. It could be not even a dig at Robbo. It could be he, that he was surprised. that. Uh, so we don't know if it was actually a dig. Mm. I'm going to, you know, it could be one way or the other. You got to read between the lines, I know. But sometimes it's just a simple to, answer. To be fair, I don't know Craig uh, even as well. Because he doesn't either, deal with senior players either, that much at all. Well, but yeah, I don't know him as well. But either, either you guys do. I don't see him taking a dig, except for in the case where he's been told you need to say these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but to, the, to, and, di- to differentiate, and, whatever, and this was five a, games, and, and this whatever. was a question that I, maybe he didn't even expect to have to answer yeah. after a game. So it, it was a, it was kind of off. We, we were kept waiting for ages because of everything that was going on after the game. Sorry I, about I, that. I, I, I was joking 
because we were sitting waiting it's like it's not going to be Craig that comes in it's going to be the new coach it's going to be oh my god that's Caleb Porter's music and he's just going to come in the door but no it was Craig there's no Caleb Porter get over I know I'm being funny when when Craig came in I was going to say as well you're not Fonzie (laughs) and then he sat down and he's like okay questions and then there was silence for a good like five ten seconds or so and then then the questions came yeah we're going to play a little bit of audio just from the post game today, from Craig Dalrymple and from Russell Tybert, just talking about two two aspects. One, the frustration of being so close and not getting into the playoffs, and also looking ahead to next season. And both Tybert and Dalrymple feel there's a good core here for next year, which we'll kind of look at in a later part. But let's hear what they had to say. Looking at the final standings, I, I don't know if you've seen that, if the players have seen it, but it, is there a lot of frustration in the locker room that you're just one win away from the playoffs? Uh, to be honest, I haven't been in the locker room. I've been I've been pulled around a bit, but um, and we were just celebrating Alfonso's game. But yeah, there is frustration. There's been frustration that's bubbled up in training, but but good frustration because they know they're so close, um, and clearly there's a, there's a there's a core group here that can take this positive stretch, whatever you want to call it. Um, in, into next season and, and continue to believe um, because we're not the group's not far away from from contending um, much higher up the table. Whoever the, the new coach is, um, you, you talk about the core being something that they can. They can what would you tell him that that new coach about this core positive and negative? Well, I'm, yeah, it's a good question. I'm pretty sure that coach will know the group already. I imagine he would have watched this group and been around it, and he would get some some very good notes from myself and the other staff. Um, with the exception of a 15-minute, um, you know, dip in energy levels and commitment uh, in this SKC game, clearly there's grit, there's there's there's, there's passion, there's there's commitment to the cause. Um, the amount of energy and enthusiasm for the game that they showed tonight um, was outstanding, and the game that, you know, uh, with all due respect, didn't didn't have any real ramifications whether the whether the result was positive or negative. They were talking to each other, they were encouraging. They, they were they were they were coaching each other on the sideline, on the field. They were were were, were trying to correct some things at half time, and this was not driven by me. It was them. So there's there's a real enthusiasm and energy and commitment within the group. Um, and they were a couple of pieces shy of being a real, real contender this year. Um, so, yeah. I don't know if you've seen the standings yet, but when you look at it, we're one win out of getting in the playoffs. How frustrating is that to know that in the end it's just come down to maybe one game? Yeah, I don't think it has come down to one game, but you're right. Essentially, it is. Um, I think it, it, it all comes down to just the discipline of the team, and that's an honest assessment. Uh, I think if we were to cut out some of the things that we let go early on, we wouldn't have consistently been scored on in the, in the final minutes of each half, just like it happened tonight. And that's just a discipline thing. And that's something that can't happen again, and that's something we have to eradicate going into next season. Craig talked about there's a good core here for next year for the new coach to build upon. Some of the recent performances have been, been good, some maybe not as good, but do you feel there is definitely a, a good core for the squad to build around going into next season? There's a, there's a great core group of guys here and you know when you see us on the field and you see and I'm around them uh, training all the time there's a good group of guys there's a good group of men and and I'm not talking about athletes I'm talking about people there's a good group of people in that locker room and I think that's the most important thing to build around that's a foundation talent um, your ability on the field those are all extras but I think we do have some good guys 
a group of good guys in that locker room, a core group of guys. That being said, we didn't make playoffs this year, so some things do need to change, and and they will change, but that's the nature of the business. Craig Dalrymple and Russell Tiber there talking about the frustration of just missing the playoffs and the, the core group, and we'll talk about whether there is, in fact, a, a decent core group later in the show. But today's win saw the Whitecaps finish with the best record of the three non-playoff-bound Canadian MLS teams. Yeah, Canadian Supporter Shield. It, I don't know that that's a lot to be proud of. It's kind of like the equivalent of being the tallest giraffe in the zoo. Oh. But depending on the Voyager's Cup seeding scenarios, we would be number one seeds if it's the same as last year, which I'm not Most sure likely it will it won't be. be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, the so, format won't be the same, but yeah. the, the, there could be there's still rankings. Yeah, might, it, who knows? It might end up big. But today was MLS Decision Day. And it was pretty exciting. I really enjoyed following it. We were watching the game in the press box. Steve, myself. I was giving Manuel you the updates. Ben. I was in charge of giving the updates. Yeah. I had, yeah, I had you in one ear and Har in the other, like yeah. giving me constant updates. But it was exciting to follow it and watch the live tables. And when, when they first introduced this, I thought it was a little bit gimmicky. And I still would prefer the East and the West games not to start at the same time. Today you had Columbus, Minnesota screwing that up, but then it was delayed anyway because of weather. But I think if you do it properly, you could certainly have the East and the West start differently. Yeah, for sure. You can have like the East start at like uh, one and then the West starts uh, at four or something actually, like that. No, no. I, so they do the second last day. The second, the yeah. second last Yeah, yeah, last year. week. No, I think you uh, like it all this is one of the few things time? that MLS is trying to get right and do well. Like I know, okay, I, I know you can say like, look, Real, uh, Salt Lake didn't play today. And there's an yeah. un, and there's an imbalanced schedule, anyways. Yeah. But today was like the deciding day for the su- the supporter show. Oh yeah, and that could right? have ended up being between east and west, I guess. Yes. So then you do you want them all. To, yeah. To well, that's what happened when time. they first started this. Was it two years ago or last year? Yeah. Where they had them at the different times, and they're like, oh shoot, because yeah. it could it, w- it could have gone east or west. I, I really like it, and it did bring excitement today. The movement in the Western Conference over the course of the afternoon was and, absolutely crazy. And you got to give credit to some of these teams that. Um, had nothing really to play for, oh, yeah. and they showed yeah, up. Yeah, Zach's got was, a good start uh, well, for this. It was a little bit lower than I thought. It was more like half and half. Ah. But still, 11 games, I think five of them, the the higher-ranked team won, but, fi- uh, but fi- five of them were won by the lower team. So, obviously, uh, Vancouver won, Toronto won, uh, <laughs> New England beat Montreal, <laughs> Houston, <laughs> Houston beat the, the Galaxy, yeah. and somehow... The Colorado Rapids yes. beat Dallas, and then there was the one draw somehow. This is the Dallas implosion that, that we always seem to get. I guarantee if this season was going another three, four weeks, they'd be out of the playoffs. Yep. But, the, but, it, but it remarkably impacted, <laughs> it impacted the table huge. Yeah. Like, just think, oh, yeah. that, like that Galaxy well, game. Seattle finished second. It's yeah, like, that's true. That's what? Too, yeah. Yeah. Who saw that coming? Nope. When you looked at all Raul the permutations, Raul like, oh. Rui Diaz saw it coming. Yeah. but The Galaxy was the biggest for me. Oh yeah, Atlanta, Atlanta blew the, the support yeah, support big time as well. I didn't so that, that's Atlanta. a bit of a shock. And the thing is, the funny thing about Atlanta is uh, Joseph Martinez. I didn't realize that they mentioned it during the highlights that he, he scored, scored today, but in the previous it's been four games since he scored last, yeah. and that might be a big issue if he can't do that from open play. Mm. Yeah, he only got thirty-one goals in thirty-four games. Yeah. I understand that, Terrible. but 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 when you're not scoring, if you're scoring in bunches at the beginning of the season, and but you're at the end of the year, you're yeah. not he getting score, any he ended touch, scoring today. Penalty kick. Goals a goal, count. but I'm just saying how the often, king is the king. Whether it's a one incher or whether it's a twelve incher. Yeah. 
12 footer, you mean? Sure. Oh, yeah. A penalty. Yeah, or even uh, a 12 inch. Yeah. Or well, a 12 footer. We'll edit that out. Yeah. I'm just thinking of 12 inches. But yeah, the Galaxy shot the bed big time. They were two up and coasting. They looked like they were in the playoffs. 27th, 30th minute goals from Ola Kamara. You have to watch these highlights if you've not seen oh, it. Oh, yeah. Romel Kyoto made it 2-1. And then, Alison Trini. A shocking tackle. Horrible penalty. Kicks the guy in the, the midriff. Steve said it was a handball as well, which I never even noticed at the time. Well, they were calling for a handball, yeah. which I never saw the handball. No, well, his hand was up. I don't know if it hit it or not, but they were mm-hmm. calling for it, and it looked like there was a change of direction But it, the ball. it didn't matter with that but it doesn't kick, make a difference, kick to yeah. the midsection. It yeah. didn't matter. But then uh, two goals won the penalty from Mauro Manotas in, in a six-minute spell. But then LA were given nine minutes, and it, they ended up playing ten minutes yeah. of stoppage time. They still needed two goals in that. And there was one in extra time where it was Sebastian Legette. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. And Back he, post. Yeah, yeah, he... The look... Zlatan. Zlatan was Zlatan giving him... to his knees. Yeah. You, could, you couldn't see and his face, but no, you just knew the look no, that he was exactly. giving him from the, the angle he, of his head. Just from the back of his head, you yeah. could tell the look that he was giving him. Yeah. Yeah. We were sadly, though, deprived Did, of the LA Derby and yes. the Cascadian Derby. Did you see Zlatan uh, on James Corden this week? No. Oh, it was entertaining. He is always he, Yeah. He asked him something like, uh, so you're known as being someone who's like full of confidence, right? Like you're, you feel really confident in yourself. He's like, I am Zlatan. <laughs> of course. It was pretty humorous. But yeah, no LA or Cascadian derbies. We're left with LAFC v. RSL, Dallas v. Portland, NYC v. Philly, and DC v. Columbus. I have LAFC, LA winning, Portland winning, uh, New York winning, and DC winning. Yeah, I'm with you there. With you on all four of those, I think. Wait, say, wait, say, let me look at this. Hang on, hang on. LAFC think. versus RSL. Who wins? LAFC. Oh, uh, uh, the Goats. Okay. Uh, Dallas, Portland. In Dallas. Uh, I was going to go with the Lumberjacks. Uh, the City Juniors versus Philly. Uh, well, a, they're both terrible. Um, I think I, I'd rather the Union one, but I'm pretty sure okay. Man City likes He's going to go for the same four that we picked in DC, like Columbus. Seconds. Oh, DC Columbus, whoever wins that, I want to go to MLS Cup. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Uh, the, I, I mean, who do you want? Who do you want of that? I, I want DC for David Usted. He's not playing, but I still want him yeah, to, okay. to go through. I want it for Darren Maddox. Oh. <laughs> I, apart from <coughs> sorry, oh, apart man. from figuring out when we're going to get Mark DeSantos to arrive, that's the only thing that really interests me in this. But I do want LAFC to go through because, like I said, I, I'll miss it if if they get knocked out and they introduce them the following week. But anyway, I'm not that excited about the playoffs. We will cover them over the coming weeks. But we'll be back with more Whitecaps chat after this. Hi, I'm Alfonso Davies, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. I get the help of blues, I find them Sick of yous, I sit and won throughout my day and meter Bitch on tunes, I get the help of blues, I find them Sick of yous, I sit and won throughout my day and meter Bitch on tunes Call me Carol Call my life Ricky Drake on but I'm walking it picky Beginning to think I stay for the pity Cause folk in my life keep taking the mickey Though I stay in my city I'm sick of the bullshit making me sickly Need punk I'm blazing it quickly Wanting the best I'm hating it gritty Need peace what happened to hippies Too much acid babbling biddies Can't handle bams at a lippy I hate X Factor laughing at kitty Hate big brother telly for kiddies Hate vodka telling my kiddies Hate rain I'm moving to Sydney Spending my life there looking for chippies I get this Hilco blues I find them Sick of yous I sit and won throughout my day and meter Bitch on tunes I get the Hilco blues I find them Sick of yous I sit and won throughout my day and meter Bitch on tunes 
we're always playing Welsh rappers Goldie Luke and Chain on the show, so I thought, let's get some Scottish rap into the show. Mad Hat McGore from his rampant EP there with Pilco Blues. They make, you, may they make me miss Goldie Luke and Chain. <laughs> <laughs> I've got more of him to come then later in the year if you didn't like that. Excellent. <laughs> So you are listening to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. Broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of beautiful, very wet, British Columbia. There's been some blues, I guess, this season. That's why I, I kind of picked Pilka Blues there. It, it's been a bad year, let's, let's be honest. But with this win and all the Fonzie stuff that went on today... I think a lot of fans are going to have gone home quite upbeat, probably looking forward to next year already and disappointed that the season's over, forgetting the, the previous 33 games that went before it. In some ways, it's a lot like 2016. We didn't make the playoffs, but we beat Portland. On that day, we won the Cascadia Cup. Oh, no, we didn't. Yeah, we did. We did. No, we won the Cascadia and we knocked them out. And the we knocked, yeah. So we did. It was the double whammy. So we won the yeah. Cup and knocked them out of the playoffs. To me, it's a different dynamic now. But folk are still going to go home upbeat. Fair to say that? I, I'd say more folk are upbeat over Alfonso Davies uh, than the Cascadia Cup that day. Yeah, I think so. Like, I, I, like on a, like a general yeah, yeah. consensus. But um, it, no, it's, it's, it's definitely different. But the, yeah, Portland's going Portland's gonna to live another day, like play another day. So that's also like both, both elements are different. So it was a day of celebration. It was. Yeah. It was. Mm-hmm. Curva, you you were there. Yeah. You were wearing black. I was. You talked about that last week. Yeah, I always I always wear black yeah. games. <laughs> we, we looked down and we're like, oh, Zach's the only one in black. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. It, it, my 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 wife came to the game and she wore black. No, no, but the, the, I th- there was people. No, there, she needs to be slimmer. I'll just stop talking now. There were people that were wearing black, but they were wearing scarves too, and I think that kind of uh, took away from the black. Oh, there you go. Uh, Is it for the unity unity strip? Yeah. So that's what it was for. Isn't that isn't this ironic that this this was the year they chose to use unity as their theme? Yes. I was interested. Pete Shad had an interesting discussion on Twitter yesterday about why the Whitecaps they should drop the our all our honor thing and go for something that's actually more. I I could see. I'm totally with him on that. I could see that being changed. Yeah. Real soon. I I vote for let's go get him. (laughs) Up an atom. Yeah. Atom ant. Anyone remember atom ant? Wait, wait, is he one of your like childhood TV presenters? Up an atom. I thought that was my imaginary friend. (laughs) I thought it was from The Simpsons. No, Adam Ann was a no, there, cartoon. It, I think it was a Hannah Barbera the, it cartoon. Was, it was in The Simpsons too because ah. he was like Adam, Captain Adam, so he was up in Adam. Oh. Because yeah. I've been sick for the last three weeks, I've watched a lot of TV. Excellent. Oh. Can really recommend some things. This week, though, I was watching a big series of programs called It Was All Right in the 70s. Oh, yeah. So who knows where this show's going to go tonight. That's why I'm worried tonight. about it. We, yep. That's why we played the content warning at the start. No, please, yeah. Um, Something which was deemed not content worthy. <laughs> it, there was a, a banner hung in the south side. I don't know who was behind it, but there was a Southsiders over there. It was just someone that hung it there. It was a Three Stooges banner uh, with a, a comment about... Well, it um, says WFC the, presents the Three Stooges. Three Stooges uh, and then the, pictures of the Three Stooges. Yes. And then underneath, Leonard Doozy, Lewis Anderson, and Anderson. Lewis yeah. and Leonard Doozy. So that was taken down. Yeah. I think it was more because it was inaccurate because Mo was Anderson. <laughs> And Mo was clearly the leader of the group, so it should have been either Lewis or Leonard Doozy. So who's Curly? 
I don't know. I don't Wait, know Mo is Mo the bald guy? No, Mo's the one with the flat top. Kind oh, okay, of, like, yeah, okay. Kind of like a Beatles cut. They had, Lu- they had Lewis's... Bowl, bowl cut, bowl cut, or whatever you want to call yeah. it. They had, I don't know. I don't they have Lewis's. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. The, 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 the reason that the people will give for taking it down has nothing to do with the content. Yeah. They'll say it has to be taken down because it has not been pre-approved. Yeah, okay. Uh, or doesn't have an approval sticker or whatever. That's what they'll say. Yeah. But the person who took it down took it down because uh, they don't want to... Have oh. to, they don't want to explain why it was up, or they don't want to lose their job. Oh, okay. And and it and it was taken down, f- like do- security took it down. It was it, uh, before it even got it to was, the front the, office. Right? I, when I saw I saw it get taken down, yeah. and I asked the guy who I thought it was who took it down because yeah. I know I thought it was a guy I knew, and yeah. it wasn't him. But oh. so I didn't get to talk to who took it down, what they were told. But yeah, it, okay. if you know these people, you know you know how they you, yeah. know, you know how they function. We're talking about it on Twitter, and we got uh, a tweet from Matt Sakaris. Oh, yeah. Friend of the show. Um, well, he is now. He replied to our tweet. Well, there you go. Yeah. He said, maybe it was taken down because Lewis is a female, and it was depicting three dudes. Oh. You'd think a, support- Sa- Sorry, you- You'd think a supporters group would know that, or were the designers wanting to stay true to the Stooges? Either way, it's a dated reference that lost the plot on Farewell Fonzie. Caps, no pun intended... An immature and off-the-mark year for the Southsiders. Mm. <laughs> oh, wasn't, wasn't expecting that kind of <laughs> But then Sean Gordon uh, on Twitter replied, I don't understand why fans are expected to celebrate the exodus of the only talented player on the team. Management is either unwilling or unable to attract similar talent to the team, so fans are supposed to feel good about this? And then Derek Johnson... Yeah, clearly the Whitecaps uh, prefer child labour. <laughs> Derek Johnson said, why do media members keep defending the front office? Who have been the only three constants for one of the least successful MLS expansion teams, Matt? Matt hasn't replied to that. No, yeah. Anyway, moving on. Um, I I think it's no exaggeration to say that this is the most important off-season in the club's MLS history. We've never had two straight seasons where we haven't made the playoffs. Mark DeSantis is the guy coming in. J.J. Adams talked about that on Sportsnet during the week. I think he based that on me telling him that at training on Wednesday. <laughs> so, no, I, I'm hoping I'm, my, sure. I'm hoping that isn't the case. No, Otherwise, no, no. My, he, my source is really on the spot for getting this correct. No, so I, I, it was a good source, though. Uh, no, but I think I think he would have done some more investigating too. Well, he was surprised. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. But wait, I, I'm excited. So wait, you're J, you're JJ's source. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You assume. Unless he got it from somewhere else. Yeah, yeah you assuming. But he, when, when we were talking about it, he didn't say, oh, yeah, I've heard that too. But no, <laughs> but if, we'll you, see. if you hear somebody saying that, he's obviously going to go to the people he talks oh, to yeah. and find out yeah. if that was it. But DeSantis coming in, I once I, LAFC's out the playoffs. Because I wouldn't uh, put my livelihood based on your knowledge for oh, sure. I, I, I would. If I was <laughs> I'm excited by, by MDS coming in. Others... Not a soul. They seem to want a bigger name manager. Surely, though, DeSantis' track record and what he's learned about MLS from his stints as assistant under Peter Vermees at KC and Bob Bradley at LFC, it's going to set him up well. And I, th- I think it's an appointment that should bring some excitement. Well, Jay Duke uh, uh, brought up a point that it's not much of a track record. Like, it's not that, that great a resume. I'm, I'm paraphr- back to tallest giraffes I, again. I'm, pa- I'm paraphrasing what he said, but he says just like that. But I looked back then at that point, I looked back to see the previous uh, MLS Cup winners and their coaches, and six of the seven 
um, didn't have much of a track record when they got initially hired by their teams. Um, obviously, like uh, Caleb Porter, he was with Akron, and he, he, he didn't even win a championship there. And there was a, a number of other ones that are – Wait, I, you, are you putting Brian Smetcher in that category then? I am because of the uh, fact that he's – I, dis- I this, disagree with that. We, we were talking about him today, me and Manuel Veth, and Manu, it's like – Manu, If Seattle were to get to the MLS Cup final again, whether they win it or not, it's like a dynasty that he's created there. And I don't think he's that talented a manager. Steve, it's like insane. Steve, is that the same thing as a dynasty? Yeah, dynasty. Okay. Okay, sure. Yeah, you guys pronounce things weird over here. Yeah. Oh, sure. We did invent the language. So. Scott? We? We? Yeah. <laughs> Who's we? Um, I, I, Mark DeSantis is, uh, like, I have a lot of respect for him. Friend of the show. We had him on in April. <laughs> yeah. So I know I have a lot of respect for him as as a coach and as a person and whatever, and I think he's done some things in the in in his coaching career, and I think there's a lot. Of, I think there's a lot of upside to him. However, there yeah there are a few things to me that are concerning. Uh, one is obviously the six one for me. That's a that's an issue. Um, it shows again that the people making these decisions don't care about how, you know, any, about the history. So this is someone who really embarrassed, was involved in embarrassing their, their club, uh, you know, about a decade ago, less than a decade ago. And they don't, they don't, they don't care about hiring him or, or they don't, they don't, that, that wouldn't stop them from hiring him, which is, and that, that's a prerogative or, you know, whatever. Right? But I, for me, it's a concern. The other, the other thing though, I will say is this is, them hire for the third time in a row, because uh, I wouldn't count Tater, but hiring someone who's a young and up and coming coach, mm. who that if things go well, they look good. If things don't go well, they just say, "Oh, it was a young up and coming coach," yeah. and we'll, we'll, we'll move on to the next one. And I think with each coach we've seen, well, with the, the first two we've seen, uh, in particular because. Carl Robinson was a part of Martin Rennie's staff, and he knew what he was getting into. He knew the the quagmires and the intricacies of how these people operate. Giggity. Yeah, he he knew he knew, so he had a bit of a head start on how to deal with some things. And and I I noticed it right from the beginning in terms of even some of the language he chose to use. But um, it'll be interesting to see what Mark DeSant- what happens with Mark DeSantis because he. Yeah. he I, I think he'll know some of these things. I think he'll have talked to people, and I think he'll know some of these things. But how he'll deal with them, something. Plus, he does have the one thing we, we mentioned this once a long time ago. The dude worked for Joey Saputo, so he does know what to know how to deal with meddling people, right? Who stick their nose in maybe where it doesn't belong, or try and dictate certain things that they probably shouldn't. Could he still get us a cheese discount? Yeah, that's what no. I was going to oh, ask. Oh, are we going to have a new section next year? What's your favorite cheese? Awesome. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. Anyway, anyways, uh, it'll be, yeah. uh, it'll be I, interesting to see how it, obviously how it plays how out. How much pressure do you feel is on him right away to hit the ground running, to, to add some exciting signings yeah. and ultimately to make the playoffs? I think he needs to make the playoffs in the first I, I month. S- I saw, someone post, <laughs> I saw someone post somewhere again today that they've been told by someone in the ticketing department there will be three $1 million DPs next year. Ooh. One million salary and one million transfer fee. That's the quick yeah, I think I, I've already been pitching some to Nathan. Oh, there you go. Uh, Any from East Fife? Training. Yeah, please. No. Hey. Johnny Russell was my number one pitch. Show some respect and use his proper name. Mr. Whitecaps. Mr. Whitecaps, yeah. I was pitching some to Mr. Whitecaps. Johnny Russell. Celtics, Scott Sinclair, because John Park is going to be doing some scouting. Scotty Sinclair, 
got a very hot oh, yeah, wife yeah. for one thing, so that would oh. be a good thing. We could introduce a new wag section that Anna was meant to do and she never did. It was going to be. A, it wasn't what you're thinking. No, it was no, gonna, no. It was going to be a proper thing. Um, but he's out of favour with Celtic, and he's a good goal scorer. He's on the bench. How old's he now? In his thirties, I think. Didn't he play at like yeah, Chelsea? Yeah, right when there. He was at Aston Villa, Chelsea. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I was already out of it after when you said he was a Scottish player. And then, oh, he's English. No, he's oh, English. Yeah. yeah. Oh, playing in Scotland. That's yeah. even worse. And, and then, he's, got, <laughs> he's already got a great song. And then now that you say he's over thirty, so forget it. Ah. But he's got a great chant to breakfast in America, but Super Trump. They need they need one player in his prime, maybe twenty three to twenty eight, as a DP if they want to, and the other two have to be young and up and comer guys. Johnny, they Johnny do, do not need anybody Johnny over thirty, Russell. unless it's mm. a unless it's an absolute I dynamic. I want a Wayne Rooney style like guy. Difference. Yeah, but Scott Sinclair is not Wayne Rooney. He could be. He could be mm. in the CPL. He, you, you you think he could be Bradley Wright Phillips? That's what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, I put a poll out on Twitter just before the game today. Still 12 hours of this left, and we've already had 401 votes. This is a pretty good poll. The question was, what will it take for you to get excited about the Whitecaps next season? In last place, with 5%, was nothing. Nothing will get 5% of the people that voted in this poll excited for next season. Oh, I should go vote on this. That's you, like about 20 folk. You know, um, I, I, it, uh, so a poll... Was it an option on your poll? Like a poll at DC Place? <laughs> I, I assumed you would have put a poll as one of the options. A poll would have got somebody excited. Like Robert Leonard Daisky? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Third was adding a recognized name at 10%. A complete rebuild at 28%. But the runaway winner on 57% was adding three designated players stroke seeing the dollars spent. So folk are wanting to see this Fonzie money spent and they would like to see the three DPs added in there. We got a lot of tweet responses about this as well because I said if any of your answers don't fit into that or you want to expand, let us know. So we're going to rattle through these just now. I want to cover as many of them as we can. I know it gets a bit boring just kind of reading tweets, but we'll talk about some of the comments as well. So this one I think was, especially for Zach, Ben Massey at Lord underscore Bob said what would excite him most for the Whitecaps next year would be if they were joining the CPL. You're going to have to wait 10 years. I think in 10 years you're going to have that happen. Uh, Caleb Wilkins, at uh, at Wilkins, Caleb24, underscore in the middle there. I want all of it. Jim McClellan, 23, said adding the right DPs. He wants two centre-backs and one striker. And I mean, that's a thing. Wait, two centre-backs? Two centre-backs and a striker. Well, yeah. if we're assuming we're losing Kendall, which we're going to talk about but, in part so, four. So, again, the midfield, which has been yeah, not great you, through the whole MSR, I, you yeah, don't I want to Well, yeah, but you say that, but then you look at our defence this year. So no, something no, needs no. to solidify Again, that. you win the battle in the midfield, it'll help the defence, and it'll help the strikers. You need two mm. designated players in your midfield. I think if we keep Kai Kamara, we don't necessarily need a DP striker. We have to get a DP attacking midfielder for me. That's what we've been missing for seasons. And you need a box and I to would, box. I, I'm certainly not averse to at least one DP centre-back. And if we can get two quality ones, I would be up for that as well. No, those two quality centre-backs, if they're, if you're losing the battle in the midfield, they're going to be under caution yeah. the whole time. And you're just but you're talking about DP, the, so you could get some I don't care good, how good other guys. That, you cannot have two. I don't, I don't think MLS no, I would... Think one, I don't think MLS would let you. I think no, they would not. stop you. Yeah. yeah, I don't think they should get one. Well, they used to. Jada Merritt, Olaf Melberg. They stopped. Yeah. They literally they stopped, stopped those. Yeah. 
Mike Ward at Wardy seventeen hundred A and B and or the FO appearing to put in, in an effort. In my opinion, the fans would like to see an effort, even if the attempt falls short. The club is sticking to their vision, but no one knows what at the what that actually is, and people make up their own narratives. Uh, the players can do so, can only do so much, and management can only do so much with the resources provider. More honest and transparent communication from head office would go a long way. I miss one hundred forty characters. Yeah, some of these are a couple of tweets put together. Oh, is it okay? <laughs> I should have explained that as well. When you get down to Joel Prosser's in a second. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'll read that one. Okay. You're not good with reading. Well, the, the, the thing, uh, the if thing I had more more than four hours sleep, I would be good with reading. If you had more than four seconds preparation as well to read yeah, these four. The, the thing is, though, the, the I think the FO would say, oh, we are sticking to our vision. But uh, I but think, what is the vision? Oh, they're all to bring up Canadians and players. Yeah, Canadians and players. But, and, yeah, but, 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 but we are not. But people who know, talk to the people involved, know that that's what they say in one yeah. in one one moment, and they say something different that, in another. There isn't the identity there. No. Yeah, yeah. Vancouver Owls, they say that they need to, they want the Whitecaps to move on Tybert, Hurtado, Mesquita. I agree with two of the three. Yeah. Who, they say they've been around for a long time, never improved, that would be a good start for Disagree them. Disagree with two, one of the three. But right. so many awful players who need moving on. It's going to be a tough job for whoever comes in, and I, I'm with you. I think Tiber has come into zone no, this year. No, remember, I'm not. We're nobody saying Tiber's a superstar. No, you can't. You're, you're not going to be able to fill an MLS roster with superstars. Tiber is a very serviceable player who is MLS starting quality at this point. And I think this season has been the making of Russell Tiber. I, I don't know why anyone's talking about moving Russell Tiber on. I don't know. He's under contract, and they so ob- and they've all they obviously he's Canadian. I, I said this. I said this a couple of weeks on the show. He is obviously the link between the players and the front office. He is obviously the link between the players and and Bobby and and, and his people. There's no way he's going anywhere. And he's able to talk to them and be honest with them and and, and represent the players that way. Yeah, well, Rusty, okay. Rusty's come across so as a as a totally different person as well. He seems a lot more confident. He's given longer answers. He's not just kind of given. No, he used to, oh, I his old interviews. I loved them. They were. But then he kind of he went into shell a little bit. And he, interesting comment from him today, where he said he's a lot happier playing in this attacking midfield role. He hasn't really been happy playing this more defensive role. He said it's kind of helped him maybe shape the defensive aspect of his game. But now that he's been moved further forward, he's a lot, lot happier. And it comes I mean, across when you talk. to Okay, him. well, we've said we've talked about this on the show lots in the past. That's what he was doing. It, it, all his time through the residency and even a little bit in his time in the USL and early days in, in MLS. Can I read the next? Can I read the next one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. This uh, is we from, saved this one for you. This is from, uh, of course, AFTNer at J Duke. The whole front office being sacked. Until that happens, the same issues will keep happening. New coach will only help so much. Uh, it's a shame for the receptionist because I don't feel she's done anything wrong. Yeah. Derek Hunt... <laughs> Derek Costantino at Real Estate Comax. This is the biggest offseason in Whitecaps MLS tenure. Uh, if they don't get it right with MDS as manager and two new DPs, we should say three, and a revamped backline, attendance and interest in the club will plummet with the casuals. Past history with the FO isn't much comfort. Andrew at Trenent13 says... They have never gotten the right midfield in MLS. I would say add two DPs in the midfield, Go use Andrew. Tam for the wings, add two quality Gam Tam centre backs. That's a good job. He'd be fine with Kamara for one more year up top. But if an upgrade is available, then make the move for a third DP. That's very. Yeah, I say hire yeah. Andrew. 
yeah, let's get him in as one of the coaches because that's. I like that. That's some really good stuff there. At Ian H. McKinley, money spent on a complete rebuild featuring three very good DPs and not necessary players I've heard of before, but ones that raise the level of the team in every game, supported by solid MLS-level contributions. There's competition for my football interest coming in the CPL. Yeah. Uh, Joel Prosser sent us a few tweets, so I'll rattle through this. He said, I say two DPs, another striker and a playmaking midfielder. Solid. Keep Kamara as a DP, as a strike partner for the new DP striker. So that's assuming we're going to play two up front. Yeah. Rebuild the back line, which I think we have to. If we are going for 3-5-2, which DeSantis favoured heavily with San Francisco Deltas, and Waston is gone, that leaves two more centre-backs to play alongside Henry. Mm. You got Montu. Gazal being converted better not be one of them, if he's even here. Levi's and Nerwinski as fine as win-backs, but if there are better options on the transfer market, go for it. In the midfield... Keep two of Tybert, Felipe, Much, Reyna. Agree with that. Doesn't mention if is there. To complement the new DP playmaker. Forwards, Kamara plus a DP striker. Keeper, bring in someone new or promote someone from within. Spencer Ritchie. And that's a playoff team. Tinker at the summer window. And that is remaking the team without gutting everything. Two DPs, two centre-backs, one goalkeeper. And playing a style that is both entertaining and fits the roster. That was one of Robbo's big failings, no matter the signing, 4-2-3-1. Square peg, round hole, every week. At CD Pryor says, at minimum, I would like to see an entire roster of players who care as much as the supporters. I'd like to see Waston, Teixeira, Juarez, Aha, Shea, Mosquita, and likely a few others gone. I spoke to Effie Pryor today and I, I did ask him, what's up with you next year? He said, I'm, I'm back, I've got a contract. So we'll see how that goes. A quick question about that. We, I think we ask this do you know can they still buy out someone out yes in, 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 no but sorry oh for this year yeah this year mm, there's no. a window right for yeah it? I think no it's gonna they probably should have done that with someone Coastal Gunner Anyone. at VWFC underscore COYG I'm assuming that means come on you Gunners he wants a reaffirmation of support from ownership by replacing the front office only then will we see a new direction and lasting change that needs to happen. Okay, I, th- I think we may have talked, it may have been quite a while since we talked about this, but I think what people don't understand is that there is such a close connection between the ownership and the people in the FO who make decisions. Mm-hmm. So the whole, the whole football committee thing. Yeah, it's all, the, all intertwined it's very, all, very, very heavily. Exactly. And so uh, you're not going to get this ownership getting rid of uh, and Bobby and Rachel and Greg Anderson. Well, there's more reasons we could talk about that, but they're they're not going to get rid of them without themselves moving on, most likely. And at this moment, could we see someone on gardening leave? <laughs> you know, you never know about that. Yeah. Mikey B at Bruiser Battelle. He wants a new manager with a plan. Team spending money on that said plan. Um, uh, this guy. Uh, oh wait, uh, can uh, I read this one? Uh, no, uh, Get, let Ma- me read this one. No, no, I'm trying to read it here. Maz, Mazimo, Mazimo, Casano. Okay, you go ahead and read He's, it. I can't understand this with you. No, Massimo Cusano. Oh, that's oh, it. Oh, Mass. Steve's not good with foreign names. Yeah, yeah right. Mass. At uh, Massimo Cusano, new coaching staff. Don't believe the team was that far off this season. No. John Humphreys. This is is a good one. Invest and give control to a manager with a vision for the club. Hands off. First team D2 youth control. I I don't know if you also saw one of John's tweets from time. He said, the best thing about today is that Alfonso Davies will no longer have to play on turf, (laughs) which all Canadians should be grateful for. Something along those lines. 
Shane Monkman at S. Monkman. He wants a front office that values the supporters, season ticket holders, and sees us a member of the team instead of dollar signs. Being a season ticket holder for the Whitecaps is kind of like being in a bad relationship. I know I should get out. My friends know I should get out. But I keep coming back thinking, it's going to get better. Bring on 2019. Mr. Felipe at BC Philip 7. Time Time has to start with the front office and all things related to the hiring of the manager. Just two more. Robin Bristol at Rob underscore Bristol underscore CA. In the midfield, he doesn't see a future for Felipe or much. Ma- Rusty and Reina back, plus DP. Promote Academy kid Coline, he did well today. Keeper needs an upgrade. Backline, centre-backs are a mess, so he feels that they need to sort that out. Definitely wants Kai back, plus a DP up front beside him. Uh, well, m- much is <laughs> much is not coming back. We No, as we'll find out in part four. Yeah. And just the, the last thing, Angus Walker, just to finish on a positive note, he says <laughs> it won't take anything for him to get excited about next season. He's already excited. I just hope it isn't beaten out of us week by week like it has been for the past five years. So okay, oh, almost positive, but a lot to process about that in the front office. We're going to delve into a lot of these things over the coming weeks of the off season because we don't take a break in the off season. The shows just get longer. Yep, (laughs) they get longer, the show must go on, there's more wavelengths, and we play Countdown. What more could you want? I'll tell you what more you could want, and we're going to be back with that after this. Hello, it's Kai Kumar, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Used all my options, worked off my dues, played all the cards, now there's nothing to lose. Don't want tomorrow to be like today That's why I'm breaking away I'm not trying to run, not trying to hide What can I win if I'm losing my pride? Won't let tomorrow be like today That's why I'm breaking away The theme tune for Auf Wiedersehen Pet. Series 1. Love that show. Takes me back to my childhood, watching that in my bedroom on a Saturday night. So we are saying Auf Wiedersehen to our own pet. You give me a weird look. It's set in Geordieland. Uh, it, it, must, it must mean a different yeah, meaning. In, in Geordieland, pet means love. It's like, you're okay. my pet. No, no, that's fine. Mm. Yeah. As long as you explain it, that's yeah. fine. It just don't let it brush just, over. Zach seems sceptical still. Okay. But yeah, Alf- I can look it up. Alfonso Davies has moved on. But yeah, we are going to talk about Alfonso Davies in this part. You're listening to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. So it's the end of the season, end of an era, albeit a small era. But there is no doubt in the impact that Fonzie had. He's leaving a big legacy behind, as well as a wad of cash, 13 million, potential for 22 whole future of the side could really be kind of sorted out by Fonzie, depending on how they spend this money. He did a lot of media this week. I kind of felt quite sorry for him, because on Wednesday... The, and after the game. Yeah. Oh, man. 
he was in demand. Craig Dalrymple said it's kind of taken its toll a little bit on him. But didn't you, didn't you on the pitch? No. He'd have got a hat-trick maybe if he hadn't done so many interviews. And you got you got you found enough time to play Fortnite as well. Oh, yeah, that was a fantastic... <laughs> oh, I got my first kill this week. I have no idea what Fortnite is still, apart from it's a game, that's all I know. Fortnite is two weeks in the UK, so... Yeah, yeah. But he, he did do a lot of media. In the build-up to the game, it was all about him. Some folk might feel that was a bit too much, a bit of an overkill. Was it... Or was it fair to send him off with such such razzmatazz? You had to give the media outlets uh, their time with Alfonso, or else uh, there is a chance. Oh, Robo did keep him away from the media no, I know for that. a vast but, period but, of time. But at the end, there they had to give time to each like group, or else some of those media members might not have come back next year. So you had to yeah. you had to give him time, and I'm sure he was ready yeah. for it. I mean, this was the only thing they could sell this game. Right, this is the only way they yeah, could sell. I the didn't game. actually know they'd opened it up beyond the twenty-two. I yeah, was, was really 20, surprised. It was, it was twenty-five. Yeah. Well, I think they probably slowly opened again. It we up. talked about this. We talked about this last week, but Did they, we? yeah, they would have. They would have said that this is a game that we think we can sell out. Oh yeah, ahead of time. Yeah, it was a great turnout today for it. Uh, talking about like the Rasmataz, I I didn't like the announcement beforehand going. Alfonso four times to get the crowd to see Davies. I thought that was during a bit, the player introductions. You're yeah, talking player about. introduction. I thought that was a bit much. It didn't feel like foreshadowing to you. I don't know for his goals. Oh, oh, he didn't get four goals. Let's talk about some of our favourite Fonzie memories. And it can be on or off the pitch. He did the humba with you guys today. We were yeah. wondering if you were going to get him to do the yeah. humba. Would you have got him to do it even if you'd lost? Would you have broke tradition for that? Yes. Okay, yeah, I thought you that would. was the plan. Yeah. So, what are some of your favourite memories of his time here? Whether it's goals or just time spent with him. For me, I've got some fun ones. There was one time I was chatting with Pamadou Ka at Swangard Stadium. So, we were in the middle of an interview. And Ka was Fonzie's ride at that time because he hadn't passed the test. So, we're mid-interview. Fonzie just comes and sits down beside us because we're on the bench doing it. He just comes and sits down. He's kind of like listening in and then on his phone and listening in. like just, Just like a normal kid. But he's always been so down to earth. I've bumped into him at SFU games, uh, residency games. You should really watch where you're going. I don't want to injure him. He's a, he's a big big player. But he just he wants to get out and be a kid and enjoy watching football. And I love that about him. And he's just so down to earth. And even with all these interviews that he's done this week, nothing seems to phase him. And for me, it's been fun watching him grow these last few years. I saw him make his debut in the residency under-16s. Yeah. Didn't stay for the whole match because I only stayed for the, the first few minutes at that point because I watched the 18s. Saw the guy playing that and to think how that journey's gone. And he talked about that him, himself today, that the message for all these young guys is if you believe you can do this, you can do this. And that's what all these young guys should be thinking. I can do this. I can I can go through the residency up to the first team. Uh, yeah, I mean, that message as a whole doesn't really fully work but you're right you do need as a player you do need to have yeah, confidence he has a special talent you need to have confidence in your abilities but no yeah I mean yeah special moments I think uh, yeah the, the the couple humbas he did with us so he did it today and then he he did it the, the day we beat Dead Bull and then the CONCACAF Champions League and we sw- we just swap a t-shirt with him and with the player and we were all wearing Dead Bull shirts that, or oh, we were all wearing Beaver Bud shirts that day oh yeah so he swapped we have this great picture of him wearing a beaver butt shirt, and then he a couple of times he did like he would stop, like just like he would stop and talk and hang yeah. out. But um, one day we also just got a picture of him like in front of our thing, you know, 
was really helpful and useful for us doing for a couple of things. Um, but yeah, I know he was gen- always generous with his time and just, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to as someone who, yeah, my first love in club football is Bayern Munich. And so I'm really looking forward to yeah, going super over, special for you. going, going over and getting to see him. Yeah, I might play. even go over and try and take a game in. Or if Byron come over here on a tour, definitely go down and try and see wherever yeah. he ends up. That'd be fun as well. Um, I think for me, uh, it's probably this year, um, early, I don't remember, we, maybe it was the first game of the year, when he connected with Kai Kamara oh, on, yeah. on the cross. And the, just the pure joy and excitement <laughs> of that. And then also, um, another one with quickly was the Minnesota game, um, yeah. when after he signed, um, because it seemed like he... That was Orlando. Was his debut? No, no. Minnesota. Minnesota this year, this year. After he signed with the oh, Bayern. Oh, sorry, Bayern. I meant after he signed meant, with MLS. No, no, ah, I'm yeah. Bayern. Yeah. With yeah. Someone after he signed with Bayern. Well, yeah, he when, got two goals that day as well. It looked yeah. like he was playing a video game. Yeah, no, yeah. because the thing is, you, you go, oh, is he going to be okay at Bayern? Uh, but he just seemed like after he signed with Bayern, he elevated his game to a completely new level that yeah. you didn't expect him to do. So that was those the two highlights for me. Because I, I can't remember past this year anyway. <laughs> <laughs> like when, when he was taken down... In the first preseason camp, when he went down with under Robo, I did his first interview, and we're gonna we're actually gonna put together for our extra subscribers all the chats that we've had with Fonzie over the years because not all of them were aired on the show, some right. of them were for, for written pieces. So it's gonna be a nice little chronological thing for him, and just talking to him there and just seeing that that journey, it, it's it's been fantastic to see. I am, I I hope he doesn't change by going to Bayern. It can happen. Once you get the trappings of fame and the money and all away from home, and he always strikes me as someone that's head screwed on, but you hope that doesn't change. That's yeah. No, it doesn't matter where you know the fact that he's going to such a large club. You you have to be. It's a legitimate concern, right? Yeah, yeah. especially be- with every any player. Yeah, because even 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 though I I like Bayern Munich, so there's some players there who their head is too big, in my opinion. And so, yeah, you hope that he connects with. I honestly, I really hope he'll connect with David Alaba because I think there's a guy who's got his head on his shoulders, but is a, like able to, I think, be a quality footballer. And even people with you think ha- like have uh, don't have big heads, like Terry, for example, Terry Dunfield went to Man City and he got a big head. Yeah, I've I've heard that about him, but yeah, that's a whole other thing. But. Craig Dalrymple was asked about scouting Fonzie all those years ago before he came to the residency, and he joked that his gran could have, could have seen that talent. Do you feel the way that Robbo handled him and brought him on his development was at the right pace, or did he get held back a bit? <laughs> if anyone's listening to this live, there's a running gag about Terry Dunfield. That's all I'm going to say. I think if you he, listen to our early shows, you would know. I think, I think, I think he could have, he could have played him more. I Do you think, want me I, just to play the phones in? No, no. I think, I think, he could, I think he could have played him more here and there. Like, I, I don't think, he, I think there, the pace was solid. I think there were moments where he could have introduced him more earlier in the games or started him here and there. But if look, look how much he got kicked this year, right? Imagine him at when he's not even fully developed. Yeah. If he got kicked around at that time, yeah. it could have been detrimental yeah. to his development. Yeah. Uh, I guess my question to or my question to your question, Michael, would be like, do you do you think he would be like exponentially better had he played more younger? Or? I think he might be. 
Okay. I, I just I feel he would be slightly further on to where he is. For example, he exploded this season. Mm-hmm. I think if he played more last season, would have been that explosion. I would have seen even more from him this season. Hmm. But who knows? Queen, King, all that stuff. But I was fortunate. I was one of the folk that got a chance to, to speak to Fonzie this week. When Fonzie signed with Bayern, we did a thing on AFTN, which was his Whitecaps journey in pictures, which was from that first day at Cloverdale, playing with the under-16s, up to signing for Bayern. So you can check that out on the site. But... I wanted to go through the photos, which is obviously great for radio, but I went through the photos with Fonzie because he was doing so many interviews. Everyone was asking him the same stuff, so I wanted to do something a bit different. So this is just a kind of Fonzie talking about his Whitecaps career, a very brief career retrospective, but it's a lot of fun. So, Fonzie, this was September 15th, 2015. Mm-hmm. This was your under-16 debut. Yes. What, what do you remember? This is pre-game, but what do you remember from, from that time, or uh, that, that actual match? That game? Yeah, uh, or just like making we, your debut. I think we tied, we tied that game. Yeah, Sacramento. Yeah, uh, it, was, it was good. Um, I didn't know what to expect. I was nervous. Uh, it was the first time playing with the team, but I think that game was... That game was good. It was uh, it was very muddy. It's a muddy game, but overall we did well. The journey that you've had from that day with the Whitecaps and the residency, and then you were taken into pre-season in January 2016. Mm-hmm. When when Carol called you in for that pre-season camp, I know we spoke just shortly after that, but did was that when you first started to really think I, I can make something here? Yeah. Um, Actually, when I uh, when I came to Vancouver um, and made the team, I think at that point I was like, if um, I keep put if I keep putting work, if I keep you know working on my craft, I can really you know make it to the first team. And I think everyone in the every kid in the academy you know think thinks like that. And if not, they should because you know anyone can anyone can if you're good enough, you can make you can make it as a pro. So then you signed your, your USL deal. I'll just quickly go through all these photos of you playing against Portland. Um, yeah, you made your debut, funnily enough, against Sacramento in the USL. <laughs> yeah. um, what do you remember? Your home debut was against Sacramento. Your, your USL debut was against Portland down in Portland. Yes. What do you remember of those first two games? It was obviously a step up in level for yeah. you, but you, you seemed really comfortable right away. Yeah, um, you know, at the time I was I was shooting with the first team and I went to play with the USL team and it was different from the academy to USL. Um, I think the transition was was really quick because um, I was playing with some some uh, you know talented individuals and also um, the USL. You know, they bring down um, professional players as well, yeah. and so you can match yourself um, with them and see how you how you do. So then May 15th, 2016, you get your first goal. Mm-hmm. This is you getting the ball, running in on goal, <laughs> slotting home, and then your wonderful celebration. <laughs> to get that first goal, to get that monkey off your back, what, what did that mean to you? It, was, it means a lot. You know, it was a big weight off, the, off my shoulder. Um, it was actually against LA as well. So 
yeah, it was, it was, I was excited. I was happy. I got my first goal. Um, I wasn't trying to go through a whole season without scoring again, so. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, that was good. So then you signed your MLS deal. So you, you made, you signed your MLS deal and then the very next day you made your debut yeah. against Orlando. It was a whirlwind thing. I mean, did you know when you signed the deal that you were going to make your debut the next day? No. Uh, when I signed, I thought I was going to, you know, take a couple, couple days for me to to adjust to a couple games for me to get in. But, you know, um, Robo, Robo believed in me. Um, he believed that I had something special and I could play at that level. And I'm grateful that he, he put me in. You got your first first team goal, mm-hmm. September 13th, 2016, down in Kansas City. The match winner secured the spot in the quarterfinals for the Whitecaps. To, to get that first team goal in such a monumental occasion, mm-hmm. what, what was going through your mind at that point? To be honest, I didn't know what that goal meant. I just thought I scored a goal and that was it. But then later on, I was asking around. I was like, so if we if we would have lost this game, what happened? Then they told me. And then they're like, "Yeah, your 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 goal was the game winner. You secure a spot in the in the, the Concord Cup." But I mean, I think when uh, when Kyle came on and he made that run and everything actually stopped. I thought he was offside, so we all stopped running. And I looked at the linesman, and he didn't put his flag up. So uh, when I caught, I screamed for the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he played it, and I took a touch. And I was actually gonna, I was actually gonna switch the field, but then I was like, in my mind, I was like, I might as well just shoot. So I shot the ball, and when I shot it, I didn't get a clean hit on it. And I was like, oh, this is not gonna go in. So I hit off the guy, and the keeper got deflected and went in. I was, I didn't know what to think. Um, I didn't know how to celebrate because I didn't think I was going to go in. I didn't, I didn't know what to do, so I just celebrated with AJ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was on holiday at the time, and I was watching it down in Oregon, and it was like a fantastic achievement. So then, well, fast forward to, to 2017. You got your, your first Canadian Championship goal against Montreal, but you got your first MLS assist, August 23rd, the draw against Seattle. Why do you feel it? took you maybe so long to to get that assist in MLS to be honest I don't know um, you know, every day we do crossing and finishing and and I try to put the ball in the box for my striker and I guess I wasn't doing it enough at the time so so this season was like the breakout season for you you got your your first MLS goal yeah. it was the the home opener um, against Montreal mm-hmm. the the joy in your face when you got that goal it was clear to see there'd been so much expectation so much pressure on your back again was that just another was that just another relief and then it to, to get that yeah yeah um I remember Kai asking me um have you scored I was like yeah I have scored he's like no MLS goal I was like no I haven't scored he's like so you've been here how many years and you haven't scored so I think that uh that got me going a little bit because think about it yeah I haven't scored an MLS goal in, in I, I think a year and a half yeah. so I was like yeah I, I think it's time for me to score so I just when the ball got played to Christian Chichera and I saw the opportunity I try to run as fast as I can in the box to you know be there 
if he, you know, just be in the spot just in case the ball bounced to me. And luckily he passed it across and I got the got the finish. Trickle day, maybe not the not the first best goal that I was hoping, but a goal's a goal. You're looking back at your time here, obviously it's the last game coming up on Sunday. What, how do you look back at your time here? Just what, what has it meant to you as a person? Yeah, it's, it's been a lot. Um, coming in Vancouver as 15, now leaving as you know as a young man is something special. Um, I cherish and enjoy my time here at Vancouver, and it'll always be a part of me. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure watching you over the years. What I want to do, I'm going to put all these photos in a book for you and we're going to get it to you at some point at the end of the season. Thank you. So good luck in Bayern and everything that goes with that. Alfonso Davies there, <laughs> talking about his Whitecaps career. He, he was good in his in his last ever post-game scrum in, in Vancouver today as well. I asked him if he'd gone to bed last night thinking that he was going to score a goal today. And he's like, no, you've probably seen this quote already, but he's like, no, no, I was playing Fortnite. So <laughs> that's what was running through my head. Classic Fonzie. Yeah, FC Bayern US uh, retweeted that and said he'll fit right in. <laughs> he also said today that he's going to Edmonton for a little bit of a break. Then he's going to play two countries with Canada, St. Kitts and Nevis. A T-Bears. And then sounds that he's going to head off to Germany after that. So it looks like he's going to head to Germany before the end of the year. Oh, makes sense. Yeah. He said he's had six German lessons so far. I think he might Nick's need so a little good. bit more. Yeah. Mm. I I still do want him to dress up in lederhosen or some German. He will next September. Can anyone think of a fun German costume he could dress up for mm. for Halloween? If you if you've got an idea, like which decade should we go to? I don't know. So maybe something celebrating the, one of the World Cup wins. Fi- final thoughts then, just on oh, Fonzie in Germany. Uh, you, you got a chance to buy a Bayern Munich kit today in, in the concourse, I believe. Oh, how embarrassing. What kind of football club sells another football club's kit when it's not like a friendly or not? It doesn't even have Davies on the back of it. Yeah, and a substandard football club. Oh, wait, no. no. Yeah, easy there, boy. Yeah, not even top of the league. Yeah. I don't know why I just called you boy. Um, Oh, no, we're in a dangerous territory. Remember when Robo referred to folk as boy and I used those quotes in MLS and they got angry reactions from folk in the south. No, that was was embarrassing. When I saw someone sent me uh, an image of that, I was just like, yeah. But it just shows it just shows that this this, this front office they do only care about money. Um, but um, no, yeah, I mean Alfonso going to Germany. What? Yeah, I'm, I'm so excited. Like I uh, I've never gone to uh, a Bundesliga match. I've been to Champions League. I've been to cup matches. I've been to friendlies. But I've never gone to an actual Bundesliga match. And so I'm hoping to uh, to maybe do that maybe and, next year or the year after. And I think that. I think Germany, uh, the Bundesliga itself, or even the lower leagues, are probably the number one league in developing players now. I think they've taken a, a mantle over, like the Dutch league used to be the have that mm. kind of reputation. Well, it still does to an extent. I know, but I think but the German league, there's a lot of young, Look, England 
uh, there's like seven really young English players that went over to Germany to play, and there's obviously the Americans that are there, and obviously Canadians. now, and now, yeah, now Alfonso. So I think there is a kind of a thing where they recognize talent at a young level, bring them in, and so they could basically profit and sell them off later on, obviously, or use them for a long term. Yeah. And we, we wish Fonzie all the best. I've just added Sportsnet World back onto my cable package oh. so I can watch the Hibs Here, Hearts Derby and the FA Cup early round. So if he hurries up and gets there, but here's maybe the thing. see him in action. If you don't have Sportsnet World, which is the primary place to watch Bundesliga in Canada, but if you have the other Sportsnet stuff, you can actually watch Bundesliga on Sportsnet now online. Any game that is not live broadcast on Sportsnet World is on their online. Oh. So I've watched... But I guess most Bayern games... Most Bayern games are, live, but so. also some Bayern games are on like uh, the Fox channel too. They put them on there because that's where they mm. get their feed from. But yeah, the, it, but even if you just want to see the league and see the competition and all that kind of stuff, you can if you have Sportsnet now, access to that, you can watch quite a bit on there. Anyway, good luck, Fonzie. We wish you well. Maybe we'll speak to you sometime down the road. But we'll be back with some more chat after this. Hi, my name's Simon Coline, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Goodbye, farewell, be on your merry way. We are going to miss you every single day. So long, adieu, ta-ta and toodaloo. On my merry way, I'll always think of you. On land, or sand, or gravel. Song there for Steve Panda lookalike Winnie the Pooh. Oh, <laughs> what? I don't even like honey. Oh. oh, I do. I like marshmallows. I don't either, actually. What's wrong with honey? Mm, weird taste. It's yeah. so natural. I don't like it. I don't like natural. Mm. Anyway, you are listening to part four of the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. Today, it clearly wasn't just Fonzie that made his last appearance as a white cap. If you look at that starting 11, you've got to wonder how many of them is actually going to be back. I, th- I think there's three certainties in Nerwinski, Levi's and Tybert. Yeah. I'm not sure that any of the other ones are guaranteed to be back. I wouldn't be surprised. And by guaranteed, I don't mean as in they've currently got contracts or there's guaranteed or whatever. I'm just in general. I, uh, the other one I could see, I think, is Danielle Henry. I could see that. Him, maybe Ali Gazal, but he is on a high salary. Ali Gazal, I, I, unless he's willing to take a pay cut, I don't see how. Because mm. he doesn't, the problem with him is, he, like, I know he's a very solid, uh, you know, holding midfielder, but he doesn't provide anything going forward. They, they just have an option on him, right? It's an option, yeah. Because yeah. His, the way his, <laughs> we'll get into this more later, but about, this is the wag, his, his wife's tweet was not, like, definitive, but it was, you know. Talking about having to go, going to be in Egypt for a month, like going yeah. away and being in Egypt for a month and connecting. And he has to just go back into the Egyptian national team, so there's a and chance he wants to be a closer. bigger club and closer. Closer, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, that travel is going to be horrendous. Because uh, I, uh, have they qualified or are they still looking to qualify for the Africans' Cup? I think they've got through because oh, yeah. they beat Swaziland twice. Yeah. So yeah, if if they're yeah, and that's going to happen next year, I think, right? Mm. And so obviously, so we'd lose them as well. So you're yeah. losing a high-paid player. I was told this week that none of the Latin players will be back, but the person that told me that didn't really wasn't able to expand as to what he's classing as a Latin player. Is, is Jordi Reyna a Latin player? 
well, he is, but is that one of the guys that's not coming back? Th- things like that. That does go against what some of the players, I believe, have been told. Some yeah. of them think that there's a good chance they are coming back. No, but for what fi- it's worth, it was a strong, previously very accurate source that, that told me that. Yeah. I, you, you, I don't know if he's even class because he's dom- considered domestic. Felipe, for example... I know he's Portuguese because he's Brazilian. Mm, yeah, I don't know if he would be classed yeah. as Latin. Really, he's, he's not under contract, right? I don't know. I don't know. But uh, is well, he, we'll bring I, you our, our I Felipe I, interview next week that yeah. we've been holding back. Oh, that, I, that, I, that, I don't. Yeah. Th- I don't think he's. Well, he. I, I, he's up for. I don't think he's a fully free agent either. But I'm not sure because they have to meet a certain. Oh, there might be like a club option, oh, yeah, but I don't yeah. think I don't think he yeah. has a guaranteed deal for next. One week. of the Latin players that there's been a lot of chat about this week, of course, is Kendall Waston and what his future is. Now, I totally understand a player that's been at the World Cup, wants to move on to maybe bigger and better things, earn some money because it's a short career, you want to earn money. He said this week to, to JJ Adams from the province that he wants to leave. JJ Adams wrote a story about it and then at training, Kendall went over and spoke to him and said that he, he, he's wanting to leave, but it's not because necessarily of what's happened at the club, it's just for himself, to better himself. But for the club captain before the end of the season to say that he wants to leave, I don't think that is good optics. Okay, there's a couple of things there. One is, so just to clarify, he had this conversation happened with JJ and then JJ wrote the article. Yeah. But uh, it, I don't I don't know that it's just about bettering him, himself. And also, the, the, the optics, the season is over. The season was over, Michael, after the last game. Um, until but the, he still but, had one game But until game the last play. game he's no, played. No, and he's the, wearing the, the armband the in season, that game. The season was over. Today was a, it was, it was today was a glorified exhibition game. Um, yeah. Pazak, for you, the season is over. I understand that. For people who, other people, it might not be over. And he's got to consider everybody. And... Uh, for okay, I, no, no, I'm, yeah, yeah. I, and first of all, I'm in full support of him going on to another club. Yeah, and if you if we he wants to, them to go after, yeah, the we were Cups, we so were you were expecting yeah. him last year to leave. Yeah, um, so um, I have no problem with him doing that. Um, I wish he hadn't done the, all these cryptic messages, unless he was just trying to say goodbye to fans slowly mm. or something like that. He's the uh, like instead of ripping off the man stuff as well. That might be more than than they but, actually but, say. But for a captain. And if it was another player, I wouldn't even care. But for a captain to say, I want out of here, whether it's to better himself or to because he's upset, I just don't like it. I, I wish he just waited for the end of season interviews and just said, I think it's time for me to move on. And nobody would have said anything about so it. So here, here's, here, here's, here's the thing. I think you need to also reverse engineer some of the, what's happened, right? So a bunch of stuff. This, he said this to JJ. JJ's on the story. A bunch of stuff is whatever. If you if you look at the comments that his wife has made on social media, yeah, what what is she, what has she been saying, Steve? I think she said that uh, she she like like loves in Vancouver or something. I'm I'm paraphrasing. I don't exactly remember what she what's, said. What's what's the other important thing she said, Michael? I don't know. Is this I, a I mostly test? just look at Can you just pictures. let us know? Can you just let us I know? Just look at pictures. No. I didn't even know she wrote things. Okay, so you, if you haven't been reading what she's been saying, she's been saying basically. There's there's more to this than what is Oh yeah, she did say that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's more to this than what meets the eye, right? Yeah. Yes. So if you if you look if you look at that and you say cuz yeah, I, I I why would Kendall say I want to leave? It, in one sense it doesn't make sense, mm. right? I, I but, but again, I don't care if it's because the the front say I'm and I'm throwing stuff out there. I don't care even if it's the front office saying we don't want you back. I still don't want my captain saying I want out of here. Oh, I don't even want any for any reason. You're the captain. Yeah. Otherwise, relinquish your captainship. 
I don't even know if that's a word. But it relinquish it and just just Captain move on. Captain C. The Captain C. Thank you. Okay, so what you what you just said, Steve? If they've told him they don't want him back this year yeah. or next year, as an example, uh, be, be, well, I'm just want him to be professional. And again, I I respect him. I love him. Right. He's one of my favorite Whitecaps of all time. Is it then fair for them to come out and publicly say, no, he's our player for next year? Well, Bobby's exact words are he's bound to which the I didn't like next that year, at which all. is a rather unfortunate term of phrase. But yeah, I just think uh, I I just wish he just used a little bit more decorum. That's my only uh, like regret. Yeah. Right. And, the, and, and, and the fact that and the fact that he said I want out of here. That kind of had a harsher edge to it. If he just said like he said he the said, second time, I think he said I want to leave. Yeah. Yes, well, and that still like has it, a harsher edge. Okay. If yeah. he just said I, I need to move on with my career and move on to the next level. That would have been it fun does too. give the impression he he doesn't care about the club. Yeah, D- that's the impression. Yeah, and I, we know we've talked about it before. M- my understanding was when Kendall signed his contract this year, he was given the extra money, and the club expected him not to be here past the summer. So that was kind of why he got this extra contract. Then the World Cup didn't go according to plan. He didn't get to play in all three of the games. Well, because of a moron manager. Yeah, and then they were stuck with him. On that contract, and they, I don't think they had fully budgeted or expected that to happen. That is how I believe that contract was initially pitched. Well, okay. So, again, like I said, I, if he just said that, like, for example, let's compare him to Alfonso. Um, both had the intention of moving on with their career. Alfonso knew he was leaving at the end of this year, but he had never said anything until the signing happened and he was ready to go. Same thing with Kendall. I'm assuming he knew he was going to leave, Yeah, but... He just went just just a week too soon. If he just waited one more week, right. I don't think anybody yeah. would have cared. Yeah. I think I think and then some the thing fans is, have certainly turned against him. And on, the thing on is, and the, and the yeah, thing yeah. is, when you tweet when you send that message out that I want to leave, you are going to get those fans that aren't going to even try to read between the lines and figure out what his intentions are, and they're just going to just rail on him. Right. And uh, you got to understand that's going to happen when you say something like that. Right. I, I know these people well, so I really look forward yeah, yeah. to what Priscilla is talking about in terms of what the fuller what the fuller yeah. picture is coming to life. I think they've been fantastic for Vancouver, both of them. Yeah. I, I think Priscilla has been fantastic for Vancouver. She's really like uh, pushed the and she's. I think she's such, been one such of the a nice women. And I think uh, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, she seems like she's a leader when other uh, uh, new players have come in, oh, especially Latin right players. And and uh, welcome the wives of those players into the group and everything. Especially like that. the Latino community. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So I think she's been fantastic for the yeah. team. And if they need to move on, they need to move on. Yeah. But just one more week, it would have yeah. been fine. But we'll talk a bit more about the future of some other players and, and stuff next week in the coming weeks. But one player we talked about last week that we know is pretty much not coming back is English Loney from Crystal Palace. I think that's how Zach would describe him, the English Loney. No, he's, he's Jordan. He's... Oh, you're going to call him Jordan? I had a good conversation yeah. with him today. Yeah, Jordan Motch. I really like him. Before we get into that, let's. I got a chance to sit down with him this week just to talk about his, his year, the ups and downs of it in MLS and Vancouver. Don't think about it too much, too much, too much, too much. Jordan, the season's coming to an end. Uh, I know it's maybe not gone the way you would have hoped, both for the team and and for yourself. But how did you find your your first season in MLS? Um, overall, I've I've loved it. Um, the experience as a whole, um, it's been a great experience. Um, unfortunate that 
I picked up a, a couple of injuries that kept me out a while. Um, but in a general, I've really, really enjoyed this experience. Now, with injuries you had, obviously you're training on grass, but you're playing on turf. You didn't really have lots of experience on turf, I don't think, when you came here. But do you put that down to maybe that's been an impact as to how it's been difficult for you to, to keep fit here? Um, not necessarily, no. Um, I had the opportunity to work with um, uh, Rick Celebrini and, and Bergi, who have been first class, as well as Polly and all the other the backroom staff in the sports science. Um, so I've had the I've had the, the best possible care um, as well, which has been unbelievable. Um, but I won't I won't put it down to surfaces or anything like that. It's just you, you can never put um, your finger on anything. It's all different things that could be possible for for why. I mean, the, the injury is obviously very uh, un- unfortunate and both times you seem to just be finding your groove and then the injuries hit and you seem to be finding it again as the season's just finished. And has it given you a taste? Uh, I know the future's all up in the air just now, but would you like to stay over here, Not whether here or another club, or are you just keeping all your options open just now? Yeah, obviously I feel when I'm fully fit I can, I can bring a, a, a lot um, to any team. Um, and obviously that hasn't happened this year um, I've had an impact in, in small doses um, but uh, yeah the M- MLS um, in general where I'm going to go next I'm, I'm not too sure at the minute it depends um, you know, which, which is the best opportunity for me um, after the season finishes I'll, I'll spend a little bit of time with my family back in London and then um, I'll see um, what the next opportunity Years, but I'm, I'm sure that um, you know I'm going to be open-minded with with all opportunities that do arise, and I'll see where that one takes me. How much kind of contact did you have with Palace when when you were here? Did they monitor you? Did they ask how you're getting on? Have they kind of talked to you about where you fit in with them? Um, to be honest, no, I've had not, I, I've had a text here and there, but I don't think. Palace are too concerned with what I'm doing right, right now. I think they've got their own <laughs> their own like, agendas with, with things. Um, I'm I'm happy being left alone anyway. Um, you know, I've been looked after very very well by Vancouver. Um, uh, the, the professionalism here that that they they bring um, everyone who works here. Obviously, Cole Carl and his staff bringing me here was was brilliant. They they've been brilliant with me the whole time. Um, so I, I've enjoyed every every bit um, of time here and you got your goal at the weekend and a cracker of a goal when, when you look back at your time is that maybe your, would you say that's your highlight of your time in MLS or what other moments stand out for you in the games that you've played here yeah, obviously it's, it's, it's nice to score any goal you know I take a tap in every day of the week um, but the, the time in the MLS has, has been great um, the experience of playing at different stadiums travelling to different cities um, playing with all my teammates here that have been unbelievable um, and like I said just Van- Vancouver um, franchise uh, itself um, everyone who works here for the club has, it's been really 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 good When I first spoke to you when you came here you, you wanted the experience you wanted to go to all these cities you'd seen some when you were here with Palace before out, out of the places that you've travelled and the stadiums that you've played in what, what's been the, your favourite one? Um, yeah, you know, it's it's obviously nice going to all these different cities and uh, the travelling isn't nice, but it's nice going to the yeah. cities. But for, for, like, 
but the main reason I come here obviously for the football so that's been that's been brilliant but it's, it's a bonus when you get to go to the different cities and play at different stadiums like Atlanta LAFC which you know their, their fans were really good there um, so it's just that extra bonus of going to these different places and and getting the chance to experience experience all them different different like cities and cultures. Have you had guys from England or the UK just like asking what it's like over here and kind of sending you out if if they're interested? Yeah, my my friend who he just moved to um, Real Salt Lake, Nedum Nedum Manua, who oh, I played yeah. with at QPR. He, before he came, he was asking you know how it was. He had opportunities in the UK. Um, for, for good teams to still play, but he wanted to, you know, take a different um, step towards things, and he's he's moved to Real Salt Lake and took um, that step for a different lifestyle, different um, culture of playing. So, um, yeah, I've had a couple of people that have asked me about it. That's great. Thank you so much. It's been fun seeing you this year. Good luck wherever the future takes you, and maybe we'll see you back here one day. That's great. That's great. Cheers, Thanks. man. Jordan Much and 80s Matchbox Beeline Disaster. There you go. Rise of the Eagle. I just got to get to say, I got to, I got to talk to Much today. I, I like Jordan. He's clearly not going to be back next season. I think it's good because despite what he says there, that he doesn't think the turf had an impact on it. <laughs> when you're getting injured so much... Turf is not the surface for no. you to be playing I talk, on. I talked to Sammy Armenteros after the game briefly. <laughs> I was like, our turf got you, didn't he? You saw when he was down at yeah. the very beginning? I was like, our turf got you, didn't he? He's like, yeah. Mm. <laughs> and he plays on turf in Portland. So. Yeah. Oh, but for how much longer? They are possibly looking at switching. So much won't be back. Good luck to him wherever he goes. I have liked, I, I was sceptical about him coming in. I didn't think he would add a lot to the team. I think he's shown in glimpses... The quality that he's got. He reads the game better than a lot of the North American players. And that is something which we've lacked a lot. Mm. But if you don't stay healthy, it's not yeah. any good. I think if he goes back to England, he'll be all right. Championship, possibly. Now, I've called for blowing up the squad. Not literally. A lot of new coaches like to come in and do a complete rebuild. When you see a soul just like two points, three points away from the playoffs... Kind of feels that we're close, but the gap feels that we're not. D- do you feel it is needing a lot done, or well, going back to what we played initially about is there a core, a good core to build around? It doesn't feel like there is. No, like you already said, like a lot of players are going to be leaving, and even though a lot of them weren't as vocal as others, uh, it will be because there's a new coach. I mean, this won't be the person who brought them in, and so. And then a lot, and then some of them will move on because it's time for them to move on. So I think I think there'll be drastic changes. I think it, it could be close to what, what you know what happened last year, which was you know, crazy. It could be even yeah. more than last which year. It was a I massive think. rebuild and our best ever squad. Um, I think I think you got three to four players they need to keep from like the starting eleven that are capable because you need some kind of chemistry. For example, Tybert, Kamara. Uh, Nowitzki and um, like Monder Henry, one of like not, something yeah. like that. Nothing, but Kamara is not not like he's out of contract. Oh, I know that. Yeah. But but remember, he wants to come back. I have a feeling. Remember that story we had in the summer where um, uh, it was a, like Tam players 
um, had an issue. Like they were free agents, but they weren't fully free agents because mm. uh, there was a loophole in the negotiations. The David Osted thing. Yeah, something like that. So he he might fall in that too. Where if he wants to have a, a decent salary, he would have to remain with the Whitecaps. So it's I I I don't I don't know this for sure, but I remember it's, it, depen- it, it depends was, on the kind of tan they the, used on him. Yeah, too. the article focused a lot on the sporting Kent City, like Graham Susie and, yeah. and some of those guys. Now the proof's going to be on the pitch, but a and lot is pointing towards a heavier focus on youth next year. We're going to have Michael Baudissimo, Theo Bear, David Norman, and Simon Coline on the squad. We've talked maybe a bit too much, but. Better integration would have helped younger players in the past. That's what we need going forward. Everything, especially comments from Dalrymple recently, it kind of points that that's what's going to happen and what is needed to happen. Now, Simon Coline impressed today in his brief cameo appearance, four minutes he got. So Dalrymple asked him what he feels Simon, because he knows Simon really well from his residency days, what he feels that him and the other young players can bring to this team next season. So here's what Craig had to say. He's, yeah, there is a spark. He's a talent. Uh, he's he's an extremely intelligent footballer. Uh, he's not Alfonso, um, and we don't want him to be Alfonso. Uh, he's Simon Coline, and he has uh, different qualities. He's physically not where Alfonso was when Alfonso came into the group. Um, he needs a little bit more maturation and time, but his but his intelligence on the, on the field. The the senior players were, were begging me to get him into the not just today's game but earlier games because they see real talent in him and real belief and. Um, and there's more Simon Cole lines in, in the pipeline. Um, and uh, the future over the next five to ten years for the, 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 the young players coming through the system is very bright. We've just got to make sure we give them opportunities. Now, obviously, you can read a, a lot into different things, but was that maybe a little dig at Robbo there for, for not playing the younger guys? You could take it that way if you want to, but like I said before, maybe it was just his opinion. Hmm. Now, Simon Coleine is an exciting prospect. Let's not put too much pressure on him, though, and expect him to be the next Alfonso Davies, because he's not. there's not going to be another guy like Alfonso that comes around for a while, once in a generation, possibly. Honestly, you never know, though. You can't say that, because somebody might show up and... Oh, and, yeah. Like for, and, and I'm, I'm not even saying he's in Alfonso's category, but you mentioned Theo Bear earlier. Mm. Theo Bear has got really... Oh, such s- high hopes. I think Theo. he's actually might be faster than Alfonso, but is he faster in control of the ball... And making moves at a very high level, probably not. But he's got the speed that that'll excite people, and I think he can do some damage next year if he plays like as a backup wing, where he gets a game every like three or four of the game. He's in the starting lineup, but he's not going to be like I said, he's not going to be Alfonso, but he can be something like a very good starting MLSer who eventually might go to Europe, but might just stay here the whole his whole career yeah. as well. Semi line after the game today, he did do a, a chat, got a chance to ask him. If you want to know a little bit more about Simon, check out our episode 275, where I spoke to Simon a couple of months ago just about joining the MLS team. But here's what he had to say today just about making his MLS debut. So, Simon, you've waited for your professional debut for a while now. What did it feel like to get out there on the pitch finally? Yeah, it was, uh, it was exciting. Um, so, obviously... Um, um, excited, yeah, very excited to be out there and um, just experience it. Uh, once I got on the field, everything kind of 
forgot about everything and just focused on uh, keeping the ball and passing it to my teammates. So it was it was exciting to get out there. Did you know that you were going to get on today? Did Craig tell you yesterday? Um, no, he said um, he said I'd be on the bench, um, but he said I'd just be ready for anything. So um, wasn't wasn't uh, guaranteed, but um, just uh, was was ready for anything, like he said. So. So when you went to bed last night, what, what was going through your mind? Was it making the debut? Did you imagine you'd get some chances out there when you came on? Uh, I wasn't fully sure. I didn't want to hope too much. Um, but I, I was just thinking everything. Um, just, just um, yeah, I was kind of thinking everything because I didn't know exactly what would happen. So. Did you feel it was kind of a passing of the torch with you coming on for Fonzie there? Yeah, I, mean, I thought that was a, a pretty cool moment. Um, obviously, it's... He was what I was, or he is what I am a couple of years ago. So it's uh, obviously something I, I aspire to be like him. So um, it, was, it was a cool moment, I think. And Craig was saying that the, the players were really lobbying for you to get into some games, get some minutes. How much does that mean to you to know that the players are wanting to see you out there on the pitch? Yeah, it, uh, it means a lot. It means like um, they're with me and they're behind me, um, which which helps me because it um, can be like a little bit nerve-wracking nerve sometimes. Um, but but they're always there helping me and uh, pushing me, so it's good. Do you have any family and friends from Langley out here in the match? Uh, yeah, my, my parents and my brothers came out, uh, so it was good. One-on-one -on -one with Jeff Atanella, what were you thinking? Um, to go around him or go over top of him, and I got mixed in the middle, so didn't didn't work out too well, but um, yeah, I mean, that's it. But you had a, a couple of good chances. I mean, that must make you know that you belong out there. Yeah, I mean, I think that there were some chances that fell for me. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was good. It gave me a bit of confidence because um, I didn't know exactly how the first game would go. So you've been away with the development team that the Caps have set up. How did you find that experience in Mexico? Uh, that was good. Um, Mexico was was definitely a trip. I think the whole team learned from. Um, we were playing playing teams that were. Um, that, that we don't often see in, in Canada and America, so it was, it was good to experience that. And is there more games lined up, or what, what's your plans now for the, the off-season? Yeah, I think uh, to continue playing with the development team as, as they'll go through um, the MLS off-season, um, so continue playing with them for now. Did you get to keep your jersey after the match, and what are you going to do with it? Yeah, I, I got to keep it. I'll probably hang it up in my room um, when I get back home. So. It's been a big weekend for the Coraline family because your brother did well in the shootout yesterday. Trinity yeah, yesterday. yeah, so I was watching that, so that was good for him. So that was Simon Coraline just talking about his MLS debut there. Yeah, you know, the uh, one of the best parts, and I was going to mention it earlier, uh, when, you know, they gave the send-off to Alfonso and everything, uh, Simon came on. And immediately Kai Kamara went up to him and just hyped him up, like just got into his face and hyped him up. And I thought that was fantastic. Uh, and I, well, another reason why I think Kai Kamara needs to come back next yeah, year. Yeah, definitely. The influence he would have on the younger kids would, would be fantastic. He needs someone to do his celebrations with as well. So. <laughs> There's that. But now it's time for my favourite part of the show. It's wavelength time. And we're going back to 2011 this week with a, a band that's going to be in Vancouver this week. Ooh. Get along to the Biltmore on Thursday night. Welsh band Lost Campesinos. We've played them uh, before in the show. This is a song that they do a lot of songs about using like everyday life and football analogies and stuff like this. So this is kind of doing that, but it's basically focusing on 
the heartache that watching England in major tournaments brings to them, because there are English people that went to Welsh University. And this is called, and it's maybe very apt for how some folk are feeling about the Whitecaps right now, Every Defeat, A Divorce.
Los Campesinos there. Every defeat, a divorce. Open brackets, three lines, close brackets. From the 2011 album, Hello Sadness. I mean, do you get the feeling that that is a kind of mood amongst the, the Whitecaps fan base just now, that these the defeats and the way that the team has played this year, it's kind of, for a lot of people, it has been a bit of a divorce. They just don't want to be back next year. Yes, yeah, some. I I don't know if it's enough. If some of the some of the things the front office has done, it felt like they didn't hit numbers that they wanted to. But I don't know that factually, and mm. I, it's not enough to do. It's not enough to send the real message. Yeah. yeah. So remember, if you're free on Thursday night, get along to the Beltmore. Los Campesinos coming over, doing a kind of greatest hits ten years in the business tour. Look for Michael if you want to meet Michael. He'll be yeah, wearing I'll, his. I'll hopefully be there. I haven't got my ticket yet because we we're meant to be going away. But since it's what, how be are you going to wear West Ham? What do you wear? A- AFC Wimbledon? What do you wear? Los Campesinos have their own football kits that they've brought out over the years. Oh. I don't actually own any of them. I was talking about your hat, but okay. Oh, I'll probably wear my Oregon Coast hat. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I was meant to be going to Seattle Zoo, but soggy animals, not a lot of fun. <laughs> Anyway, tell you what, it's a lot of fun. BC Soccer Web Headlines. <laughs> I was wondering why there was no music and I hadn't got my headphones on, that was why. I was like, oh no, Steve's messed up again. <laughs> but anyway, you are listening to BC Soccer Web Headlines. No, that's not what I used to say. What did I say? Oh, yeah. It's time now for BC Soccer Web Headlines. BC Soccer Web Headlines, your one-stop site for local, national and international news and links. Make it part of your daily routine. Check out bcsoccerweb.com. I t- I, my mind has gone. I am... I think because you're sitting down. Usually I'm you're standing down. up. I think I'm on cough medication. <laughs> I think it's all kicked in a little Ma- bit too Maradona, is that you? Yeah. Anyway, what caught your eye this week, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> couple of follow-ups. Um, uh, first of all, FIFA puts new tournaments on hold due to European opposition. Uh, apparently, there was a $25 billion overhaul of uh, some world soccer competitions, but it's kind of been it's met with a lot of disapproval among clubs in Europe, amongst uh, the UEFA and a whole bunch of other the federations. Um, I'll go over a couple of these examples. One was to replace the Confederations Cup, and they were going to go from 8 to 2014, somewhere yeah. around there. It was going to be over 18 days. Uh, it was going to be played the year before the World Cup, obviously. Because folk mean- love the Confederations Cup. <laughs> That's like a World Cup yeah, 2014. They're, they're clamoring to yeah. get more of that. They wanted to do an ex- they wanted to do an expanded Club World Cup 
they were gonna they were gonna obviously like I said so it's gonna be more than the seven teams I think seven mm. teams right now I think it's eight eight okay four, eight. seven with the plane yeah because yeah. folk love the Club World <laughs> Cup they're clamoring for more of that so they expanded and they were gonna move it to July and August yeah which uh, because the clubs uh, opposed because they were gonna they, that kills their trips to Asia and the US which is mm. profitable all for their money making and it's not like players need to like rest during no. July or they're you know they're robots yeah and then the they want to expand obviously the world uh, make it a, a world nations league. Instead of just a UEFA and um, oh, because people love the Nations League. <laughs> it's like they're clamoring for more of that. Um, another news: uh, uh, a promise uh, kept by Manchester United for once. Uh, Thai Cave Boys were uh, were uh, flown over to Manchester. They were able to take the game in today against Everton. Um, also, they provided another miracle. They put a smile on Jose Mourinho's face when they met him yesterday. Oh, yeah. The new White Cats manager. Yeah, right. <laughs> Please no. <laughs> oh, I'd love that. That would be so good. Respect. I Fan- bet you he fantastic. wants a chocolate digestive. Great story in the lower leagues. Uh, Dulwich Hamlet is Dulwich. returning. Dulwich, sorry. Dull. Well, whatever. Um, the Nation League uh, South Club announced they will return to their Champions League Hill ground. Champion Champions Hill. Hill ground in South London after being exiled for eight months. Uh, apparently, they were able to reach an agreement with Southwark Council and March by Meadows Partners, uh, they're their American-based property investment group. Yeah. Um, they, the, co- the company, the American company, had claimed, uh, and this is the reason they were kicked out, that they owed £120,000 in rent. Yes. And they also barred them from using their name and their logo. Yep. Um, they filed uh, copyright suits against it. Now, the council... So, the ho- co- holding up to the, the mic here. Yeah. As everybody can see. Supporters trust. Um, and also the council was uh, basically kept getting in the way of that investing company and stopping them from uh, being able to do anything. Well, which, the original plan... Which helped. When, when the investment company bought Champion Hill, and Champion Hill, Dulwich Hamlet have played there since 2012. No, 1912. Wrong <laughs> yeah. century. They've played there since 1912. 2012, no one would care. But they've been there since 1912. And the plan was, we're going to move the pitch... And it was going to allow Meadow to, to build new properties. And you'd have the stadium and new houses. Then the council blocked that. And then there was a whole argument between Meadow and the council. So the council then took all the bar takings and all the concession takings. So Dulwich Hamlet couldn't make any money. So that's why they were due rent, because they had no money to pay the rent. And then the council were going to do a compulsory purchase order of Meadow to give it back to the football club. So eventually that forced all the parties to get around. They signed an 18-month lease and it's going to have a rolling one-year lease on the top of it. Fantastic stuff. I've been a member of Dulwich Hamlet Supports Trust for a couple of years now. What's your number? I don't know if it's got a number, actually. Oh, let me have a look. Just great radio, this. No, no, it's proof that you actually have the card right there with the yeah. sounds. Yeah, it doesn't have a number on it. Oh, right. well, no proof. But, yeah, so... I was meant to go to it the last time I was over, but the game got called off because of the bad weather. Oh. I need to stop going over in January and February. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why you keep if, that if people want more info, there's some really short articles out there they can read. Yeah, and some really, really long ones as well. But definitely, I, follow Dulwich Hamlet on YouTube. They get the games up on a Sunday. It's like 15, 16 minutes of highlights. It's great stuff. Been watching it all season long. Yeah, check them out. Great team. Um, uh, FIFA rankings came in. Uh, Belgium is up top. Uh, England is into fifth. Apparently, to, uh, I don't know why they would mention that. Um, but for Canada, they moved up to up three spots to seventy sixth. Should yes. be more. They're eighth in Concacaf. They're two spots 
the people are who are ahead of them are El Salvador and Panama, and they're at seventieth, both of them. So they're only six spots behind being able to be in the top six. If they they're can right- beat these two countries in the, <laughs> this next match, that should be. give them two victories. Um, they're they're uh, sandwiched right now in between China and Zambia. On other news, uh, IFAB is considering doing away with stoppage time substitutions. They believe that majority of them are taking place in the second half of stoppage time, are not injury-related, are solely made as time-wasting tactic. Uh, way yeah. to go, figuring that out. Um, uh, they also say nearly a quarter of all substitutions came during the second half stoppage time, a 14% increase since 2011-2012. Uh, and they have another potential change is where they have players leave the field at the closest touchline instead of walking all yeah, right I, to I'd the fourth official. Totally be in favor of that because it's ridiculous. And um, they also are uh, talking about also uh, the away goal rule. Uh, we talked about it before, eliminating that. Uh, for two leg uh, finals yeah. or semifinals or whatever, problem. So, what do you guys think about that? The, do you think it's really going to have an effect? Because the problem is, you, how can you prove somebody's not injured? Oh and yeah. Also, the refs be. meant to add time on anyway for yeah. the substitution. So, some sad news in England. Um, Leicester City owner Vishay City Vadim Prava. Uh, has, that he can nail. Yeah, well, so I'm, I'm from Asia. I guess I have some kind Dulwich of... Dulwich Hamlet, no. <laughs> um, but it's, it's sad news. He passed. Uh, they passed yeah. away um, in a helicopter crash. The helicopter actually took off, and it normally does, from the middle of the field. Yeah. And then it was it, on BT it, Sport. You saw it. I saw it. Off, uh, yeah, yeah, I saw it taking off, and then you can hear the little bit of a, a bang yeah. while he, they're talking. They announced it a couple minutes later. Uh, it crashed in the in the parking lot the the club parking yeah. lot where the players would normally park and everything absolutely amazing that no one on the ground yeah. was injured yeah and then it and, was a fireball and the crazy thing is after even when they're announcing it you could see people like uh, like staff members uh, on the pitch running yeah. around you can see it in the background what's going on Just so it's so, really so sad. sad yeah he, he he seemed really beloved yeah and he and it's, he'd done so much for that club he since bought he the team in 2010 i think it was for 50 million pounds 39 million oh, oh 50 million us that's right oh yeah um and then uh, led them in six years to the premier league title yeah. at five thousand to one odds captured the world's imagination yeah the, like a lot of chairmen especially these foreign ones that come over to the uk they get a bit of a bad rep they're just in it for the money the fame the publicity this guy did so much for this club. He invested in local hospitals. Yeah, the, and the players too, loved yeah. him. The fans loved him. And it's just such a big loss. He, and we recently got an honorary stuff. doctorate from the local yeah. university too. Um, and it wasn't just him as well. There was four others killed. The pilot. They haven't, they haven't announced it. Oh, no, they it have now. No, they yeah, have. They I, I was looking tonight. for that earlier too. Pilot, um, a passenger who was the pilot's girlfriend, who oh. was also another pilot, and two of the assistants of, of the chairman as well. Oh, his personal yeah. assistants. Oh, okay. Yeah, sad it's news really there. Sad. Um, coming back to North America, um, MLS is going to be giving a possible new uh, advertisement space on the kits in 2020. They've, uh, they're going to be approving a four-year pilot program where uh, they'll be able to put a sponsor where the MLS symbol usually is um, and to replace that with a sponsor. Um, that and should be quite cheap. We might be able to get AFTN. <laughs> you could try for sure. So this league where... 
multiple teams in their league that don't have jersey sponsors yes. on the front are going to get sponsors on the on the sleeve. Yeah, but uh, there is one caveat. They do have to have that uh, front sponsor in order to get the the sleeve sponsor. So they will have to do that. So if they don't have the the sponsor on the chest, they won't get it on the sleeve. Yeah. So the Bundesliga has been doing this this year with uh, sleeve sponsors. Yeah. Where they they uh, they used to they, they only have the league logo on the one side, whereas the MLS has kind of done like the. I think the Premier League, where you have it on both sides, so yeah. they'll get rid of it on one. And I think they, I think on the other sleeve they have the country's flag, right, or something like that. No, not anymore. Oh, they got rid of that. I oh, can't yeah. believe there was an uproar over that. My personal hope is that the Whitecaps do this properly. Get End Clothing, EndClothing.com. They're a globally sourced menswear brand, so you have Bell in the front, End on your sleeve. <laughs> Bella, get Terry Dunfield to promote it or something. <laughs> We've lost Zach. So I'll, I'll quickly go over the next bit of news while Zach's recovering. Um, Austin, uh, not Austin. Uh, the well, just to point out, Terry Dunfield. I'm not saying he is a bell end. Yeah, Terry's a great. Terry's a, a great guy. Yeah, big head. Austin Bold FC breaks ground on new stadium. This is not the Austin that uh, is the, it's not the MLS. Austin that you guys know. Yeah. It's basically the USL team. It's um, Austin in bold. It's not your father's Austin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's going to be a 5,000 plus th- uh, seat venue. The, uh, they have the picture up on the article too. It looks like a decent stadium. Yeah. What, what I, could I possibly hope the MLS team get called Austin Times New Roman. <laughs> <laughs> Austin Helvetica. <laughs> Actually, that's got a nice ring to it. I like that. Calabria. Oh, um, it's uh, the USL CEO Alec Papadakis um, mentioned that the Austin Bold FC is well on its way to having a talented side. Fantastic team, and we're confident uh, will take the USL and soccer role by storm. Austin is a dynamic and thriving city, and we look forward to an exciting inaugural season there this spring. No mention of the MLS team that's no. coming. I did see a picture this week uh, of a giant donut that they're selling in Austin. It was on my wife's Facebook page. Is that for away days? You're getting excited? Oh, I was. I thought, yeah, I wouldn't mind that. Yeah, it, it's like it's massive. It's are you, are you going to go to a game in Austin next year? No, I'm. I'm boycotting everything to do with the Austin MLS team. But I, you but but, I fully support Austin. But what about Orlando? I like Disney World. And Mickey, the, and Mickey Mouse Cups. safari tour was superb. Oh yeah. Yeah, you got to see Championship Glory. I'm there. really curious to see where Mark DeSantis takes us. For preseason, I'm hoping wherever the Brazil, Whitecaps Brazil, go, Portugal, Ooh, Montreal. No. I'm, <laughs> I'm hoping wherever the Whitecaps go, FC Cincinnati are there as well because then I can do a double whammy and get Alan Koch. We'd hope to have Spencer Ritchie on the show tonight, talking about preparing for the Eastern Conference final. But One yeah, nil, that did yeah. not go wrong. Uh, they, it, went, it went wrong. Yeah, well, it did go wrong. Yeah. New York Red Bulls were flopping all over the pitch. That was are like, you surprised? Terrible. Mm. Maybe they didn't have their Red Bull. They didn't give them wings. Oh, yeah. Missing out. Dead Bull. Um, some news out of Canada. A couple of uh, little stories here. Um, uh, odd stuff from uh, Fury. Uh, they're from Ottawa. Yeah. They celebrate three U20 call-ups. The day after the team cut ties with those players. That's from 11. Uh, was it the day after or the day before? Uh, they cut the players day and after. then they uh, congratulated the players the next day uh, for making the team. Wow. Who that, were the three players? That's really tone deaf. Odanija Reed, Daniel uh, Kanumbe, and Clement Baya. 
Well, that shut me up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and last story, uh, University of Scarlet Mark uh, Rogers uh, details. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd throw you guys one. Um, Mark Ted Rogers, as everybody knows him, uh, details a process. Details process for inaugural CPLU to sports draft, which is actually coming up really fast now. Yes. He's no- apparently been the scout all this time, and nobody told us. November 12th, up here at UBC. Yeah. We will be at it. We'll be at a draft. Yeah. I'm hoping to host it. <laughs> it's it, Okay, so a quote from him. It's well, I'm a, commentating on the Nationals, but AFTN is a broadcasting team for the Nationals. So. Yeah, makes sense. It's a deliberate process where players don't have to choose to leave university to play as a professional. It becomes part of their development, which is quite different from other drafts in North America. Um, and he, what he's done is, because he, he's he's seen a lot of teams, he's scouted uh, uh, all, and he's kind of created a list for the coaches to go on. Has he um, checked it twice? I guess so. Uh. Um, and I think it's similar to like in hockey, they have a central scouting bureau where they have scouts check and they kind of provide the list and the players' teams can go off that list and kind of uh, deviate a little bit here and there and kind of get a different eye on the team. I, I and obviously these coaches, fantastic. and obviously these coaches didn't have time to scout everybody anyway, so they yeah. had to they had to do this uh, quickly. A couple of bad things about it. It doesn't obviously encompass the SFU players because NCAA rules wouldn't allow this to happen. But the the great thing about it is the fact that there's, there's guys that would maybe be tempted to try their hand at pro and give up their college career and their degrees. And you know how fickle the football industry is and you don't know that they're going to really make it. So this gives them the chance initially to have the best of both worlds. And you might see guys like Tommy Gardner, who's in his rookie season here at, at UBC, can go and play CPL and then come back, probably miss the start of the the Canada West season, but he'll be here for the, the crunch games and then into the Nationals and stuff. So it's a great thing, and I, I hope they work a lot closely with the colleges, the guys that's coming through, the guys that maybe aren't in college just now, to give them a chance to go and get degrees as well. Um, so last little bit, um, uh, if you don't mind, since we're way over anyways, do you want to play a little game? Okay. Quick, quick game. Um, MLS re- do you want to play a game? MLS revealed the top 25 jerseys sold this <gasps> year. Okay. Um, and so I was thinking you guys go back and forth. But by and player, not by, by club, player. By player. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because that would oh. be really easy. <laughs> yeah. So uh, if you guys want to go back and forth okay. and name it, and whoever doesn't name obviously loses. So, oh, so we've just to pick someone that was in the top 25. You want to do top 25 or top 10? No, top, top 25. Top 10. No, 25. Come on. Live a little. It's okay. late. Okay, go for it. You can cut this out afterwards. Okay, anyway. who's going to go first? You go first. Okay, I'll go. Uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Yeah, he was number one. Wayne Rooney. Wayne Rooney was number four. Ooh. Bastian Schweinsteiger. Number six. And I feel like... Uh, Zach, uh, that was pretty insulting that you didn't name him first. Hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. Turn in your Bayern Munich card. Um, uh, I will go with Carlos Vela. Carlos Vela is number two. Oh, I'm quite surprised by that. Well, LAFC, they, they, not a lot of jerseys. Uh, first year they sold jerseys, oh, right? that's so, true. Yeah. Joseph Martinez. Number three. You guys oh, are nailing that. Oh, that, I'm really surprised. At. I thought he'd be down in the 20s or no. something. No, but again, Atlanta. Yeah. Right? M- Miguel Amaron. Number five. So you guys already hit the top five. out. And Ooh. six. Top six. Oh, top six, right. Wow. In order, almost. Now it's going to be tough. Hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a gamble here. 
and Ola Kamara. Ola Kamara has just ended this game. Oh wait, wait I gotta, I gotta get one right. Oh yeah, good, yeah, that's right. You do have to. Okay, get one. let me guess. I will guess with Sebastian Javinko. And Sebastian Javinko is where is he? Oh, number eight. Uh, I was gonna go with Bradley. Bradley, I think you would have been out of luck too. Oh, unless you're talking about Bradley like Phillips. Oh no! Yeah. I, oh, no, he was talking was Michael Bradley. Yeah, yeah, Michael Bradley's Bradley. not in the top twenty-five. Is Piatti on there? Who's Piatti? Oh, Valeri's going to be on there. Yeah, yeah Valeri's there. Yeah. Uh, you got Nagby, DeSantos, Barca. Nagby, like, doesn't even start. Dempsey's number nine. Johnny Russell? Uh, nope. I bought a thousand of them. So. Graham Zuzzi's 21. Huh. Still. Uh, Alfonso Davies, uh, number 17. Oh, I didn't think any white cats would be on it. No, no Davies is 17. I thought Effie Juarez, maybe, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got a big Mexican population here. So that's headlines. Oh. Brick Shea, where did he feature? <laughs> 320. Are you, wait, are you serious? No, I, of oh. course not. I top 25. He made the top 25 because a certain number of people <laughs> wore it. <laughs> and it went over the permitted thing, so he earned himself a top 25 jersey contract. <laughs> oh, Michael. Oh, that was good. I think that's a good way to end the show. <laughs> I think so. I should sit down more often. I'm funnier <laughs> when I sit down. You are. Mm. Less dancing, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's, that's a drawback. I'm drained. Yeah, I'm tired. Yeah. I hope the roads are drained as we try and drive <laughs> home. Let's see how that goes. Anyway, just before we do go, let everyone know where they can find you online. You can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. For me, it's at Zachary AM, and I'm a part of the movement Curva Collective. I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFT in Canada. Also looking for maybe scuba gear to get home. You can find us on Facebook at AFT in Canada and on Instagram at AFT in Soccer. Yellow Submarine. We all live in a yellow... Or, the version I had, Kai Kamara is a beep-goal machine. A beep-goal machine. A beep-goal machine. Look like Zach's on his phone. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back next week with the start of our off-season shows. You know how much fun they are. Take care. Thanks for listening. And mourn the caps. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.